bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be some and if you don't know that one uh glorilla said <laughs> they say they don't f with me but that's why i love tomorrow <laughs> okay every day the sun ain't gonna shine but that's why i love tomorrow and if that didn't resonate i got one more for you my angelo said no matter what happens or how bad it seems today life does go on and it will be better tomorrow I don't know why I'm in the spirit of tomorrow, but God wants me to tell somebody that it's going to get better. Huh? It's going to get better tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of Jigsaw Podcast. I am Josh Rogers. And I am Brian Hare. And this is a show where we talk about the ghetto or the perils of navigating life as millennials. But in particularly, we talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the punk of circumstance of being black folk just trying to figure it out. Brian, how are you? Man, it's, as always, it's a great day to be black, brother. Oh, yeah. It's a great day to be black. Things are looking solid. Are they looking up and stuck? They're looking up. Um, up and it's up and it's up and it's up. That's what Cardi said. Yep. So if, if everything does well, goes well, then, um, you know, we'll be able to celebrate in a mighty way. Celebrate good times. Come on. I think it was like celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Okay. Nope. <laughs> that wasn't, was not that where was I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the white church sings that. Celebrate yeah, no, that was like, I didn't know what that is. Jesus I know Ted Sherry celebrate. Call me now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mother Cleo. <laughs> we have exchanged her out of the black delegation. Her. Just, <laughs> she's over there with Candace Owens and all that. We don't oh, want gosh. Cleo. We don't Cleo. want she, she ain't as bad, but she's over there. Mm-hmm. And we don't you want know, it. She, you know she has a documentary right now on uh on HBO. I watched it. You watched it? I watched it over the Christmas holiday. Did you did you have to plead the blood while you were watching uh, it? No, because there's no real sorcery going on. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, that was nothing real. And I ain't gonna worry about all my food being ate up. <laughs> Bro, them Negroes just eat. I'd be like, do you eat like this at school? Do you eat like this at school? No. <laughs> you have lunch and a designated snack time. Y'all just in here eat, going in the refrigerator. Going like that. <laughs> they know what the pantry look like more than the pantry. So, <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited that they are back in school. My God. Oh, we went school shopping. Oh, okay. Sunday after church. Mm. Like most blacks, we were last minute. Pandemonium. Pan- <laughs> Every black in Atlanta was in the mall. Right? We went, you know, our churches out there, in the, you know, in a good in, in the perimeters. Yeah. yeah, the blacks stormed perimeter mall. They, it looked like green bright up in there. Did you hear me? It was black up in in perimeter. Every the JD Sports made billions. That <laughs> was <laughs> J Moss. Mm. Jay, James Moss. Mm. James Moss. What a singer. What a singer. What a singer. Mm. He has some good stuff, though. He has some good stuff. That V2 until... still blesses me. That Restored is what is where he went off track. I, I like Restored, the, the title track. Mm-hmm. I restored. I've been rewarded. And I've been rewarded. I've been redeemed. I'm redeemed. 
Sin and Shame. That's a good song. From Sin and Shame. No longer. Never been. neglected. Yeah. Just reconnected. Just reconnected. Now I'm exalted because I know his name. <laughs> Great song. Lyrics. Lyrics. It is, he's always has a song of redemption. I'm telling mm. you. Jay Moss walked. So that Jonathan McReynolds could run. They ran. Because <laughs> these open letters to sin and forgiveness started mm-hmm. with J. Moss. <laughs> yeah, J. Moss definitely gave One us the... One day I was know. driving down the road and I want to change lanes. Yes. <laughs> Looked in the rearview mirror and saw a range doing the same. Turn my blinker on. Oh. Start to make my turn. Who's wrong? And I brother go on. It's my, my thigh, the twinkling in my eye. <laughs> Come on, Jay. Give it to us. Let us know when you out here in these streets. Jesus. So then we had a situation. We was like, and he told us. Like He told us. <laughs> I was in yeah. Detroit. And that is a nerdy city. <laughs> and if there's any, if there are any listeners, <laughs> I know y'all weren't expecting it. If y'all, if there's anybody who listens who's from the Detroit area, I'm sorry. So, first of all, I get mm-hmm. that, Brian. Right. Detroit Airport is pretty cool. I hadn't been to Detroit since Detroit oh. Ames back oh. in 05. Going back next year. Whenever that was. My God. Well, won't be back. <laughs> oh, I did I did see the presiding bishop and his and his and first lady. Okay. I'll get okay. To that. Okay. <laughs> they were dressed. I was like, on a Friday <laughs> at five o'clock. Where are y'all going? Um, anyway. So I get there, get to the enterprise. I'm already pre-checked mm-hmm. in. And they ain't got a lot of cars. Now I see a lot of cars at the parking mm-hmm. lot, but they only got like five cars that they're offering yeah. people. Reverend, it was it was between a um a Chevy, Chevy Blazer, mm-hmm. the little uh SUV, and a and a and a Chrysler minivan. They're like, which one do you want? I said, Well, it ain't gonna be the minivan. <laughs> I said, I don't care if this is a work trip or not. I'm not riding around in a minivan. In a minivan. So I, I get my little blazer, Reverend, and I drive. I was actually in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Um, about 35-ish minutes outside of Detroit. Well, outside, away from the airport. Let me not say, not outside Detroit, but 35 minutes from the airport. So a typical ride, at least yeah. for me anyway, yeah. living in Atlanta. But that's how long it takes us to get to the airport from my house, um, give or take. So anyway, I get to, and this, as I'm driving through, even at night, I mean, factories just, I mean, not factories not just abandoned. Factories are mm. falling down. <laughs> like, you can literally see parts of the yeah. building halfway Oof. detached from the rest of the building. I'm just like, this is deeper than abandonment. <laughs> this is right. decrepit. And it was just, I was just like, this is just, oh, this is yeah. rough. This is rough. Um, and it just, it has this kind of grit, mm-hmm. grind, kind of, sound like something hit my skin even when I was my in the God. city. I was like, something to see. Reverend, I saw a black squirrel. A black squirrel? A all black squirrel. I said, "This is a rat." <laughs> and somebody was like, "No, nah, it's a black squirrel." I said, "Why?" Y'all? I said, "This is what I made Detroit dirty." Why y'all got black, squirrel? bro? And it was black, black, like Crayola crayon wow. black, like and and it was a squirrel. It really was a squirrel. It was disgusting. Wow. I, I almost I would have ran from it had I not been wow. with someone else. Well, song of the week. Let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. So we're talking about gospel music. We are talking about gospel music in the billboard. So there were so many options. Okay. There were so many options. The Lord has been kind to Uh, quite a few artists and stuff. So he got a song. It's Psalms of Praise everywhere. Psalms of Praise everywhere. All right. Song of the Week. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to go gospel. 
All right. But it's not going to be a traditional gospel artist. It is a gospel artist, but not really gospel you artist. Threw, you just threw me off already. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're going to enjoy it, though. You're going to enjoy it, say, though. Because I love Coco Clemens, but don't you play nothing off that album. Don't you play nothing off that Coco Clemens uh, no. album. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going uh, to play a good gospel number. Okay. Woo. I'll be happy. Praising <laughs> my favorite. When I get inside the gate. <laughs> Then he's gonna say, just before heaven throws cold. That's that second verse. My God. <laughs> this is it. Oh, y'all know I love you for giving her a pass. They go to the party. Just before heaven doors close. Come on, children, let's go in. Let's go know, in. I know these songs. I know. <laughs> I would get up and dance, but you know. They don't make them like Come that. Come on, no children. More. Let's go in. Just before him. That was. Bishop Patterson knew someone's gonna barely make it in. So just before them doors close, hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. Scarcely make it in. Yeah, listen, if the right is scarcely make it in, what shall the center man appear? That's the word. That's the book. That's the book. <laughs> that is the book. That is the See, book. Them, them lyrics be making sense when you when you put two and two together. Just before heaven yeah. doors close. God, yeah, it's, I got some it, folk I need to see up there, Reverend. Just before oh. heaven's doors close. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the like crazy that. thing. Was, listen, uh, I want to do something different because, you know, I, I miss the man mm-hmm. of God. I really do miss the man oh, of God. I remember I do, when I that was the song that they played at the, the national homegoing service when mm-hmm. they like were shutting everything down, like starting to like move out. They mm-hmm. showed like a video of him and that song was playing in the background, man. Listen. Not a dry eye in the house. Nah, like, my, not my, a dry my, eye in the house. My, 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 my. Cause we knew where he was at. Uh, he was inside. Ain't no doubt about it. If anybody was saved, I know G. Patterson was saved. If anybody was saved, Gilbert Earl Patterson was saved. He loved the Lord. Uh, and so that, that is I do know. That's when I get inside by uh G. E. Patterson. That's Gilbert Earl Patterson. I'm just gonna go with the, okay. the hit, the single that he okay. that he came that he came out with. So here we go. Just as in honor of one of me yeah. and Brian's favorites. Yes, let's dance. It's music time. Music time. Back every night. I mean, you might as well put on your good outfit tonight. You feeling good? Hands up. Hands up. You always know this is you keeping track. I won't ever trip, I'll give you a fact. There will never be any need to dispute whether or not a plan is the truth. Cause I am that is anything oh, Music Soul Child featuring oh. Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats not only produced the one, he's rapping on it. All right. <laughs> it's a good it's a good album, yo. It's so it's, good. I right? know. Uh, 
And then my favorite song on there, actually, I didn't do this one because it's probably less known. I think it's um, it's actually a little toxic. Which one? Back to nowhere. No <laughs> single. Oh, single. <clears throat> but single is single is great. It's it, it's it's real. You meet somebody who you're like, oh man, like you're you're dope. If when I, met I, was you single, when I was single, we probably could have something more because you're beautiful. You should and you know, should know I found that I found girl. my girl. Oh, I gotta love her. I so gotta go. I gotta go. I think that's a real <laughs> thing about music to me. I feel like he has songs that are hella relatable. Like he has a song for every situation. Mm-hmm. And there's people I'm sure you've met. We like, oh man, this is you're a dope person. If if things you're a dope were different, person, like we probably could have could have could have done something. But I'm I got something great at home. I'm, I'm going good. there. Yeah, and I'm gonna leave. And and that's the honesty. I'm about to leave because mm-hmm. I know if I stay yeah. here a while, it's, it's not gonna, gonna be good. good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise discipline. I'm gonna exercise rationale. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a good guy. I'm gonna walk out because yeah. here's the thing. And this ain't even this mm-hmm. ain't the living room. Just because you're in a relationship or you're married does not mean attractiveness oh, yeah. right. leaves, right? It doesn't mean that you're not you're gonna stop meeting yeah. dope people. It it doesn't mean that you explore the possibilities, but it does say, Oh, you're attractive, you mm-hmm. seem nice. And because of that, I understand my limits yep. and I'm out. And that's just yeah. and that's just what that is. It's just the end. You love your partner so much that I'm not going to yep. entertain this. But and that's what that song is. It's that's a great, great song. song. Um, that whole it's album great. is great. Um, love oh, contract. I do. Oh. Uh, whew, let's just can you just let's just play a snippet of it since you said Ooh, it. Jesus. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it's it's old school vintage. And it kind of got like that fifty yes. swing thing. Oh, so good. Never thought I'd be the one to want to have this one girl that I can run to. I had to stop playing on the sewers for all of my days, trying to fight the feeling. Then out of nowhere, the thought is so appealing. I used to to spend my days trying to run the game on some beautiful face with a nice tight frame. Didn't matter if it's love, didn't think about the pain. But now that I'm grown and I'm sexy and I'm ready to change baby eyes so good figure this time i wandering around the my heart to give my heart to you finally found out there's no one in the world that can love you like the way that you do and i just wanna say thank you baby for the record for the record girl i love you it's so good, like a nigga, like come on. <laughs> I don't, I and and that's what's so sad because after this it album, just, what it just went off the rails. Like it had a, album came out earlier this year. It is not good. It's like it's the one with Hit Boy. Yeah, or like I was. It's not. Yeah, it's not good. I didn't even listen to it. Yet. It's not good. And here's the thing about Apple with their stupidity. I'm thinking because because I was really I got I was listening to their podcast on the way from Jaden's football practice. So I know I got about. 15 ish mm. minutes. Well, I really had a little bit more than 15 ish minutes. I had to stop by the grocery store, get some lettuce for the tacos. Mm-hmm. So I said, I got about 20 ish minutes before I'm home and I can really dive into some music. So I said, let me go to Apple's mm-hmm. Essentials. Reverend, they had like four songs from the new album on there. I'm like, first of all, this just came out. And you're replacing all these other classics with these four songs. No one even Bro, knows. Like, so I was like, let me let me take up my own yeah. work. 
and go listen to the songs that I just yeah. want to listen. I, I feel like his first six albums, mm. you could just press play from I just want to say, oh, yeah. and then go on to what, what Soul Star, Just Listen, uh, what did I miss? Yep. Uh, Love and Music, I'm gonna go Music back. and Magic. Like, yes. I'm sure I missed something. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You got uh-huh. I just want to sing Just Listen, Soul Star, Love and Music, on, on my radio. radio. On my radio is another good one, too. Like, you could just press play. Because mm-hmm. on my radio guy, because they got the, if you did him and yeah. MJ Blige, if you They're leave, the and then it goes to, now, this would, I, this should have okay. been the signal. Because in 09 mm-hmm. is when he gave us that Christmas album. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> that was a bad Christmas album. It was terrible. That thing is it was so terrible. Bad. And, but he re, he redeemed himself in 2011 with Music mm-hmm. and the Magic. And then he did that thing with Selena mm-hmm. Johnson. In 2013, mm. no, and then he did life on life on Earth had I do, which yeah. is a good mm-hmm. song. The rest of that album is forgettable, yeah. and, uh, and that's the thing. It's like he could, I, he could pull a single out easy, but because <laughs> he got a he got a feature with um Ty yeah. Dolla Sign. That's he has really a feature good. with um, so, Kaylani that's really good. Like Kaylani, that's so yep. I think he still mm-hmm. has it, but I don't know what it is when artists get to a certain point and they just can't. Recreate them. Act honestly. I know. I know. I've listened to uh, any music soul child interview that there exists. I've listened to. I'm. An, I'm a bona fide music soul child mm-hmm. stand. Mm-hmm. I. I am not mm-hmm. biased or unbiased when it comes to him. I. He's my favorite artist in terms of like catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, but he. I feel like he, he's mentioned it before. Like he gets tired of like singing the same songs and doing the same things and whole. He's like this rebel guy that's like, I don't want to do what y'all want me to do. Like I want to do things different, and I want to, you know, be the hustle and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, nigga, if you just get, like, I get it, but the fans want what the fans want, right? And you gave us six quality albums, crooning. You really don't have to give us you another don't. one. Like just tour on the on this. And I know you say stuff like, "Oh, you don't want to just keep singing the same song the same way. You can just play it on the radio, nigga." That's what we want. We want to hear you sing the songs. How you sing them, and it's you gave us six good albums. Like my nigga, you can literally tour the rest of your life on those albums. And if you need to do something different, hook up with your boy PJ Morton, so, who is the who is the king of recycling yes. music. He will help you, and and he's puts on a pretty amazing live show. So that means you don't have to sing right. them the same way. And to that <laughs> same point, it's like you got rid of you know uh, was that Calvin or. Haggins, whatever you you got rid of your original people and you went with like Hit Boy, this like new person, like get with the PJ. Say, hey PJ, let's work together and work on a whole album. Can you imagine a whole PJ, a PJ music Ultra album? Child. That is the that's a that's a Silk Sonic that we need for twenty twenty four. Like that would be a, that would be a dope, like neo soul R and B situation. Can you imagine PJ Morton music choice Soul Child collaboration album? Oh, I absolutely could. It would be amazing. And then they go on tour? It would be Nigga, amazing. Like, what? Yes. It would be amazing. Like, and they have similar they have similar voices, similar styles. Yes. It's just, and then you and then you yeah. give us you give us throw in some some other artists in there, you know. I would even enjoy and it sounds weird. Put Casey Haley from Jodeci on one of them songs. I'm like like a nice churchy okay. number. Mm, Can you imagine okay. like a churchy with, with, with his current voice? With, with the current voice, a good yeah. churchy kind of okay. Because PJ Morton okay. is the is the he's the line he can merge those two mm-hmm. worlds and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a really good song like a, a churchy R and B song mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would go crazy. Um, like, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hear me that out. That voice is that the, voice, the voice is trouble. Is trouble <laughs> but just hear me out. <laughs> what? Okay. So, 
I missed an opportunity and I didn't find out until after. Okay. November. When I was in Detroit, mm-hmm. Jodeci and SWV were at concert. In, in Detroit? And when I, and, oh. Yes. And when I saw the flyer, it was because Coco posted it was so oh. I would have I would have paid what I ain't gonna say whatever, but I would have paid for that ticket, bro. I was there. Speaking of that, when they're supposed to be here. We gotta get our tickets. I know, but Drew Hill ain't gonna be Drew's here. Drew's not coming to this concert? For that show. Why not? No. They're only in select cities. And it's like the asterisk, and then we don't have an asterisk oh. on Atlanta. They're gonna be he gonna they're gonna be in Birmingham. I might I would drive to Birmingham for that. Birmingham's like two hours away. Like we can I would do that. Mm-hmm. When is the Birmingham? I'm I'm literally right now on Ticketmaster looking that up. Uh, August nineteenth. That's like right around the corner. That's this weekend. Oh yeah, you know, I, know. I might be out of town this weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to move on to some um, black excellence? And let's I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say something. And I I'm gonna give a shout out to Atlanta. Big wave in the room. The crowd gonna move. Look around. Uh, everybody <clears throat> on mute. Black okay. excellence. Atlanta. Beyonce said we're the winners. I wasn't at the concert. Asher was at that one now. My wife was. I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my greater okay. conversation. All right. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> that. But you know, when black excellence happens, you gotta you gotta gotta call it out. Uh, so shout mm-hmm. out to Atlanta, going getting your zooms mm-hmm. and you know understanding the assignment, all the things. Uh, all right, so mm-hmm. blessing mm-hmm. report. This is where we shout out black folks doing great black things. We support black people. Yes, twenty four seven, three sixty five. It is what we do. It's who we are. So this week we are going to bless up HBCUs outside. Ron mm-hmm. Briswell, he's the founder and CEO. Uh, HBCUs outside is a five hundred one c three nonprofit committed to helping students and alums. Of historically black colleges, that's you, that's Lauren, that's Asha, and plenty of other people we know. Uh, and universities get outside and to the top of the outdoor industry. They currently have clubs at Howard, FAMU, Alabama A&M, Bowie State, Elizabeth City State, and TSU, Tennessee State, for those that don't know. The real, the real TSU. The real TSU. Um, <laughs> uh, and in partnership with the National Park Trust, they employ um, pairs of students, ambassadors, student ambassadors to build sustainable outdoor clubs on their campuses. They have three goals, three goals. Uh, first and foremost is to leave a legacy by chartering an official school club and establishing student governance. Uh, they want to build community and culture on campus around healthy outdoor activities. Uh, and last but not least, they want to have fun outdoors and coordinate five or more outings for their schools. Which I think this is great. And we talk about outdoors. This is like, like hiking and stuff outdoors, or just outside, like, you know, day party, all white, drinking mimosas. Um, from what I've gathered, I'm they're 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 outdoors outdoors, like adventures, hiking, okay. skiing, mm-hmm. like all the okay. things. Yeah, outside, okay. outside. All right. <laughs> um, what else what mm-hmm. outside activities do you like? And that's a black ass question. Let's my, well, my, have made that a black ass question. Black people, right? What okay. outdoor activities are you involved in? Do you do? We're talking about camping, hiking. What else? F- fishing is fishing an outdoor activity? I mean, you get you got to be outside. Yeah. Right? yeah. So what, out, what outdoor <laughs> activities are you are you uh, engaging in in these streets? <laughs> the most I've done in that regard is maybe an outside mm-hmm. workout. I've I've 
is it do you hike stone mountain do you walk stone mountain yeah i think you a little bit of both it's, is it a hiking hike? trail then, a hike? it's a hiking trail then it's a hike well then i've okay. hiked stone yeah. mountain um a few times yeah. several uh-huh. times actually so that's probably like and of course i went on like runs on the belt line and like i've been mm-hmm. cycling cycling is an outdoor activity i yeah. like cycling um i don't do that stuff as often but those are the things i i, I'm, I don't know that i would camp mm-hmm. i might glamp. Yeah, i would definitely glamp. but i don't know i don't know about i'm not sleeping yeah. on no ground all right black folks this is where we shout out black folks doing great black things it's the blessed report so we want to shout out real quickly because we have a, a great conversation so we want to mm-hmm. kind of breeze through the blessed report but we're not disrespecting but we're going to shout out bless up uh kevon and kamari chisholm Strong, strong black I names. Mean, some nigga names. <laughs> Kevon and Kamari <laughs> Chisholm. That uh-huh. is all black. Uh, they have Junior Wall Streeters. It's a nonprofit organization that provides okay. financial literacy products and services, sp- specifically designed to eliminate the wealth gap for individuals and families from historically disadvantaged backgrounds. Yes. Uh, Junior Wall Streeters serves as serves all individuals and groups interested in improving their financial well-being, mm-hmm. and provides mm-hmm. educational services with an objective, well-researched manner, placing a premium on the historical, racial, and cultural relevance of wealth equity and its significance in the 21st century. You can check out the black, uh, check out uh, Junior Wall Streeters at theblackwallstreeter.com. Uh, theblackwallstreeter.com, I think it's also Junior Wall Streeters. It's on IG. Um, did anybody die? I don't think none of our legends died. Everybody who dead is already dead. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> we thank God for <laughs> preserving black life. And if that is the case, we going to listen. We're going to Britney Spears hop right on over to the billboard. So, Rolling Stones did something to us again, Brian. Mm. They, they, need to quit the, they need to stop <laughs> making these lists. This is really just clickbait. They're really doing this to get us talking. I'm yes. convinced. That's really all it is. But anyway, they did a. Oh, get the people going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did a 200 greatest singers um, list, and the top 10 is pretty solid. Now, the top 10 can definitely be changed out, but. It is pretty solid. So coming mm-hmm. in at number 10 is one of my favorites, Mr. Al Green. Number nine is Otis Redding. Eight is Beyonce, Giselle Knows Carter. Um, seven is Stevie Wonder. Um, six is Ray Charles. Five, Mariah Carey. Uh, oh, Mariah Carey, not Mariah Carey today. Um, oh, holiday. Three is Sam Cooke. Two is Whitney Houston. And number one is kind of, you know, obvious, Ed um, mm-hmm. Franklin. Um, so notable favorites was Richard Benjamin. <laughs> Uh, A.K.A. Little Rich was in 11. Prince was at number 16. Marvin Gaye was 20. Mary J. Blige was really high on this list at 25. Um, Luke Van Ross was number 31. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Pretty, I, I love you, baby. Out of the list of 200, to, for her to have been number 40 is pretty high. James mm. Brown, icon. But for you to literally singing like you have Down syndrome is Pretty high at 44. <laughs> um, Brandy, he was number one. <laughs> Here's this in context. <laughs> now, y'all know I ain't no big Brandy fan of her of her actual music. Y'all be talking about Full Moon and all that kind of stuff. Full Moon might as well be a rising star for all I care because I don't get into Brandy's music like that. Aphrodisiac don't do nothing for me. <laughs> mm. But what I cannot deny is the, the the vocal talent mm-hmm. that Brandy Norwood possesses, and for mm-hmm. that black woman to be at one ninety three, 
And Jasmine Mary Magdalene Sullivan to been at 182. Mary Magdalene. Wow, Ozzy Osbourne, because that voice is that voice, Reverend, is biblical. And Ozzy Osbourne is one twelve. Ozzy, Ozzy, a whole like black phenom, devil worshiper, mm-hmm. is at hundred and twelve. You telling me Brandy is seven from the bottom? Mm-hmm. But Ozzy Osbourne made it to one twelve. She's cold. Could have been on the list before Ozzy Osbourne made one twelve. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm really trying to figure out the ways in which. Because here's, here, can I give you a very unpopular opinion? Okay. Stevie Wonder was no vocalist. He no, no. I don't think he should not have been in the top ten. He shouldn't have been not as a. We talking about vocals? No, no, no not so. at all. Al no. Green is great, and you know I love Al Green, but. Mm-hmm. The number 10 vocalist of all time? Nah, nah. And Al, nah. Green, Al Green has a great crooner. I feel like Al Green yeah, he can walk so Anthony Hamilton them can run, right? But number 10 of all nah. time. And Beyonce. Y'all know I, y'all know I love Beyonce, Giselle knows Carter. Y'all know I do. Uh-oh. Homecoming Uh-oh. had me in a chokehold the other day. Outside of my Drew Hill bench, I, I tapped the homecoming like, ooh. I don't know if a list of, I'm not going to, she would definitely be in my top 20, possibly my top 10, depending on how <clears> she's <throat> about the list. But number eight, I don't know. I just, on vocally, and Beyonce, in yeah. my opinion, is a vocalist. Oh, yeah, she's a vocalist. Yeah, she's Renaissance a proved it, if nothing else proved it. And mm-hmm. four, I think she's vocally <laughs> excuse me, crapping on us. But so I like Beyonce in the top ten. I just I feel you know how sometimes you do your top five, top ten stuff, and certain yeah. people are interchangeable. I feel mm-hmm. like Beyonce's that. It's just I would have to really look at all the singers that I've ever listened to and thought through, and figure out where she lands. So I'm not mad at Beyonce, mm-hmm. um, but again, I, I, Ray, Ray Charles, Otis Redding, again, great singers. But I don't know that I would put them. I wouldn't have put them beyond before. I wouldn't put them before Donny Hathaway, let alone oh, no. Um, no. Jasmine Sullivan and Brandy. Right, right. I guess to me, my thing is, <coughs> I would name singers like Luther Vandross. Okay. Yes, he's on there, but he he's he's thirty one. Okay. Let's just let's just go with the. He should have been. He should. He could replace one of the other men that's on the list for sure. Yeah. So marriage Blige is twenty five. Mary you telling Blige. me you telling me that Mary J. Blige can sing 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 better sing. not song Vandross sing better Mary J. Blige can't, can't sing better than Freddie Jackson <laughs> listen Mary J. Blige is not a, she's not a vocalist she makes and, good songs and, and and never has been yeah so you you give you me telling me Coco Clemens ain't Coco Clemens <laughs> sing better than Mary J. Blige Mary J. Blige <laughs> Todd George may say better than Mary J. Blige. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out my nigga Gucci. <laughs> Gucci made to listen. Eminem made to listen. That's just that's a, his, that's his, his 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 surprise. Was just <laughs> Eminem made the list. Eminem made the list. And it's funny because he was trying to be nice. He, he wanted to be nice. He didn't mm-hmm. want to be like Gucci on the list. You know. <laughs> Is it Eminem? Gucci made the list. Eminem the list. Nope. Shout out my nigga Gucci. <laughs> That's forever gonna be a thing. Forever gonna be a thing.
Let's talk about Beyonce, Janelle, Giselle, North okay. Carter. Yes, yes. Woman of God just did. How many cities? You said 46? Yeah, she did 56 shows. 56 I don't know how many shows. cities. So, so 56 I'm assuming shows. she probably let's did what? Like yeah. Because Atlanta had like three shows. So let's just let's yeah. just leave it at the 56 shows. Mm-hmm. Woman of God has a massive, incredible catalog. Yeah. Um, she sold out arenas, stadiums, yes, arenas. actually. Mm-hmm. Not arenas, stadiums, whole yeah, stadiums. stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, with 80,000 seats. 80 some thousand seats. Premiums. Oh, the form is across the street from SoFi. SoFi looks like a SoFi. That thing is futuristic. Okay. It's beautiful. <laughs> just as a side. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, she sold all that out. And now she's that's why she told the girls during her show, you are the visuals. You wanna know why? Because she was recording mm-hmm. y'all and y'all gonna be in the movie. And it's coming to AMC <laughs> theaters, and the tickets was right. $28. <laughs> Reverend, I ain't paid twenty eight dollars for one movie ticket ever, but I'm gonna tell you this: the whole Rogers family got tickets on December third. <laughs> we, 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 we bought our tickets. We picked. We selected our seats. We are going to mm-hmm. be in the space. And even Jaden, who sometimes <laughs> like to give Beyonce a hard time, said, "Mommy, Daddy, I want to go. We gonna make it mm-hmm. happen." Um, yeah. So super excited. Of course, they're selling yeah. out. People are buying theaters. People are buying up tickets. Uh, so this woman mm-hmm. is sold out stadiums and arenas and now she's selling out movie theaters across the entire globe uh shout out to beyonce getting her band like her creativity her business mind it just does not cease to amaze me yeah um so much needed break to her but Uh take your rest sis because we're ready now for acting okay so destiny's children have been seen together have been seen together we've been prophesying on this show for the last what two years and they updated the website Mm mm-hmm they update the website, Brian. And then the show in Houston, they didn't take pictures together, all four of them. But if you look mm-hmm. at some of the TikTok videos, they were on the same row, just mm-hmm. on opposite ends. Yeah. So I believe that they're keeping themselves separate mm-hmm. for them so that there's no like exact narrative. Yeah. But I believe yeah. that all yeah. five of those girls are going to do something. To- I feel like the show is going to be centered around the three. Mm-hmm. And that they're going to do like some songs together, and they may. Yeah. What if they recorded some new stuff with the five? And I feel like they did because I feel like um, I. So let's go back. So we know in sync is coming back, right? Backstreet Boys is coming back, right? So this is I ain't gotta have none of that. This but, is the yeah, time where the reunions are happening. Uh, about a year ago, we saw. Kelly and Michelle posted a picture on Instagram where it said Destiny or Children of Destiny or something like that. And it looked like they was in the, in the studio recording. So I feel like they were recording. And then Beyonce has been making an admission to shout out Latoya, Latavia, mm-hmm. Kelly, Michelle. Ain't mentioned nothing about Farrah. But she's been making an admission, a, a mission to mention that. And also, I feel like if you listen to interviews with Latoya and Latavia, They've been speaking highly, um, uh, speaking highly of Beyonce, not only Beyonce, but also speaking highly of her dad. So I feel like if they're in a space of reconciliation, in a space of bringing us back, I feel like it's a great opportunity for let's let's be honest. Latoya had a great album when she left Destiny Show, she was doing her thing. Latavia, Latoya has had a, a solid career post Destiny uh, Show. Solid career, Act, actress, been in some mm-hmm. great movies and, and TV shows. Put it as a great album, you know what I mean. So she's had a, a great run after Destiny Child, but I feel like this can take. This would be a great opportunity for a Destiny Child reunion tour, like a true 
reunion tour. I'm ready. All right. Well, grab your coffee, grab your drinks, grab your beignets, grab your croissants, <laughs> grab your grab your coffee and all the things, and let's head on down um, to the living room and have this conversation. Let's do it. The group chats are powerful. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just an outlet. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are like full of memes. And because yeah. me and Brian, it's not a group chat, but on the TikTok, we don't have a whole lot of conversation. We just go no. back and forth with a bunch <laughs> of TikToks. Yeah. Some of them mm-hmm. are crazy. Some of them are mm-hmm. super informative. We found out that one of T.I. Kids never really lived with him, allegedly. That was that um, was, a that was, you know, uh, I sent him one of these, um, you know, Nicely sized woman devouring a chicken leg. <laughs> she sounded like Maya Angelou <laughs> talking about French's chicken in Houston. You know, and some yeah. group chats are just that, just meme exchanges, yeah. all different kind of stuff, right? Um, so jumping into the conversation, Brian, I want to ask you: define to me friendship, but not typical friendship, but friendship in the relation in relationship to group group chat formation. Uh okay so the group chats have different meanings Oof, I don't know how I can say this there's layers to the group chat thing mm-hmm. um and also in my phone there are layers to where the placement so now you, you can pin you can pin conversations in your in your threads or whatever on your um your text nobody's messages. pinned nobody's pinned <laughs> I'm an equal opportunist. Well, let me see, you're pinned. Like you personally, Josh Rogers is pinned. Asher Chris is pinned. <laughs> Chris is pinned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my brother's pinned. Uh NFC is pinned. Mm. Uh Core is pinned. Mm-hmm. Um I should I'm gonna pin some people now. Go ahead. I'm gonna do it because I, I don't do it. Of course, it. my wife is pinned. Um my one work teammate is pinned. Come on, because one work we work because so people I communicate regularly or mm-hmm. is a certain level of of um importance they're pinned or it's a group chat so it's all other than you and chris lauren and my brother so i have five pinned group chats that's because i'm usually going to be talking to those people mm-hmm. every day if not every other day and okay. i'm gonna look in their because at some point there's gonna be a notification there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, like um, friendship and relationship to group chat, you're usually gonna have group chats with only with people that you are somewhat friends. I don't have a group chat with anybody I'm not not friends with, or because like you may have a coworker group chat, like right. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you have group chats with your friends, so you created communities for your friends. But you also considering that too is you. You may have different communities and different friendships in the different group chats. If that makes any sense, that makes plenty of sense. Um, so that's what it is. So it, it's it 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 takes your friendship to a different place, and you kind of can category. It's kind of like uh, MySpace top eight, the top four, or whatever. <laughs> you kind of know that, who your who your friends eight. are. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring that back so we can humble some people. For the love of your life, right? To finally be like, come on, baby, please, at your at the wedding to this new man, right? So yeah, he pursued her, but 
you finally did it. Like you got like the 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 ultimate confidence at my wedding. Oh, that's a good question. I, and I just want to circle back. Like they were young, and were young. I mean, even older people do are not emotionally intelligent in sure. most cases, sure. right? And so when you're dealing with 19, 20, 21, I'm assuming you're old. Like you're dealing with a lot of emotions and immaturity. And you know, you mentioned that you know she he said things to belittle her. Um, in some instances, and he also did a lot of things to uplift her as well. Sure. And so um, that was the dynamic of their relationship. For me, I'm looking at, see, my, my motives are, would have been different. Like, I'm looking at, what is life going to be like after this wedding child? <laughs> 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 I'm going to the LA riots on a honeymoon. Right. That's my point. That's my point. Like, you know, Whitley was this whole bourgeoisie person the entire season mm-hmm. she's a southern belle yep. she dated successful men so one would think that that is what she was interested in right mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. have Dwayne who is this anomaly who's somebody that she wasn't interested in who she ended up falling in love with who, who to your point is not even perfect right and so mm-hmm. um she made the decision to go to follow her heart I don't think she followed her head so to answer, answer that question, I didn't like sit down. With the senator, which is what I think realistically what she really portrayed what she wanted throughout the entire, you know, um show. Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. the question is, did she want emotional security and stability, or right. did she want the financial uh, mm-hmm. stability and security? And Dwayne represented the former and Byron represented the latter. Yes. Correct. So um, her head won out in that game. Not her, her heart won out in that game. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, whew, listen, <laughs> if I were at the altar mm-hmm. marrying the placeholder, mm. that's what Byron was. He placeholder. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with um, And then the person who I really want. But that's not call him a placeholder though he was but he was nice to her mm-hmm. he was you know he gave her all the things that she wanted and emotionally like he was also there for her for her so she still may, she be, may have been emotionally yeah. tied up with Wayne mm-hmm. Wayne but this guy was more than a placeholder he was a he was a good guy he was like a legitimate guy but so so then before I answer the question let me ask this question okay do most women want you know do they want the bunny slope do they want what what oh. is easy to achieve to attain, or do you want something that has that makes you feel like the 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 juice was worth the squeeze? Mm. <laughs> yeah, the juice the juice was worth the squeeze. Like I think Dwayne was a classic case of the juice is worth the squeeze. Like there was there was tension, there were ups and downs, there were highs and lows, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the juice was great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if like. It, I don't know if Byron was giving that same satisfaction mm. as it relates to that relational dynamic. As what do you call it? The healthy, the healthy tussle. The healthy, the healthy tussle is what yeah. she likes mm-hmm. to call it, yeah. which is cold word for a little bit toxic. Just a little bit. Listen, do you like what level of satisfaction do you feel after you you've done something? If like you know that like I had to, if I'm going to, I don't know, 
let's just say I'm going to like go to a weightlifting competition. Like you feel satisfaction because like you've trained, you prepared. Yeah, like, you, you earned it. Failures, you had some wins, you've earned it, right? Versus something that's easy to come by. Like mm-hmm. people, people, you appreciate it more. And I think that like she, she knew what, she had sweat equity, blood equity, heart equity in that mm-hmm. relationship with Dwayne. Um, and to see all of that investment potentially fall to the wayside, I mean, that, that living potentially a life of regret with Byron. Yeah. So, um, if, if my, if my, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it might because if you want easy street, no woman wants easy street like that when it comes to a to a man. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think easy street is what a lot of women want. That I don't is... think Byron was giving easy street. I think Byron was giving. Like the lifestyle that she wants. I think that when you are like just sprung for a lack of a better word on somebody, that healthy tussle that you talked about, like sometimes it's hard to separate yourself from the like what is what's best for you. And like I said, I'm I was gonna journey with him. I love the show. I love when he did what he did. We were all just kind of emotionally invested as a contract. He personally like what I what what I have done in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I like I just feel like, you know, in that moment. Everything that she was looking for in terms of like her dream life was right there in front of her with Byron. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. think when he stood up, because she wouldn't have said anything, but when he stood up and he was just like, Willie, do you have me here as a thousand? And he was just, she, she still didn't say nothing. And then he's like, please, baby, please. Like, what else you want to do? Like, I'm sure she started throbbing in her vagina shower. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and i'm a type of person i'll think about decisions i made in the past or movies i made in the past and i'm like oh killing myself over stuff like that but i finding peace and rest in the fact of like nigga that's not you can't do anything you can't change that yeah you know finding peace um uh within that so that's something i think you know when i was talking about earlier going from winter to spring is like the rebirth the rejuvenation the you know the reintroduction of new life i think within that can be like you know a certain level of, of peace so you made me that. think about a line from one of my favorite worst movies in the world and that's pootie tang uh, <laughs> when pootie got beat up chris rock's character said he was rejuvenated <laughs> that yeah. means he was rejuvenated <laughs> He lost it, and he got rejuvenated again. <laughs> rejuvenated. <laughs> that movie's so stupid. It is so stupid. Um, yeah. But no, I think I think you know not to be churchy. I do think there is real revival um, yeah. that can occur in spring um, yeah. in our mindset and our perspectives. And I, I really think if I'm gonna be honest with you, um, I think every season, whether you look at it chronologically, whether you look at it in terms of like actual you know, fall, winter, spring, I think that there's opportunity, right? I feel like there are seasons that God designs for us for sure. But I also believe that there are like with the, with the start of new, new months, new years, new quarters, new, you know, seasons in terms of environment and weather and, you know, kind of things like that. I really feel like there's opportunity to kind of have a fresh slate and fresh perspective. So while spring may have sprung March 20th in the middle of a middle of a, um, a month, you know, yeah. kind of middle of, you know, end of a first quarter, I think that there's, like you said, there's opportunity to kind of understand what that shift 
yeah. meant for environment. And, you know, if y'all want to translate it to modern term vibes, right? Yeah. Um, and how is spring going to be better than winter, right? Yeah. What am I doing in my spring to prepare for something? You know, it, just think about it just from a, a, like, let's, let's make an example that everybody can probably get, even if you're not into fitness, health, mm-hmm. right? All right. May, maybe I missed the winter, but what can I do between April and May? April, yeah. May, June to be like, you did be no bed by 4th of July. I might not have the body, but I yeah. will have, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I think it's about it. my body right now. Exactly. My, we were a black household. Yeah. Right. Southern California. So, but, so I love the, you know, my love for R&B and hip hop. Uh-huh. But I also, you know that meme where you'll see, uh, it'd be like, this is what I look like on listening to my headphones. Let me look at all mean mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if my headphones really playing this, mm-hmm. I was listening mm-hmm. to Eve Six and White Boy, quote unquote, like rock. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, Andrew WK, like I like rock music. You know what I'm saying? So that was something I like kind of hit. I didn't really talk about, you know, my love for rock music or pop music or, but you know, rock music is just white gangster rap. Listen, it's and all they- it. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying but to your point when I started being authentic with the, what I liked that's when that hip hop rock fusion became a thing mm. and then Linkin Park and Korn and all these people who I liked low key they started you know doing music with Jay Z and yeah and then it became like a popular thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Rock so I, and Limp Biscuits tried to enter the hip hop space. And, yeah, yeah. And that became like a popular thing. But I was already <laughs> listening to rock music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was already yeah. a thing that I was listening to. I was doing. I was just wearing random clothes. I I embraced my authentic, you know, nerdy side at point. You know, still gangster stuff. Like, but I still I was like, um, let me just be think about like Tyler the Creator before Tyler the Creator became like famous, like the black mm. nerd. I'm gonna do what I want to do, wear what I want to wear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send a picture to Chris so he can probably post it or something like that and put it on something. Like when I really embraced just being my nerdy black self before it was yeah. like cool. Then it became a cool thing, and then like now that's what it was. But I definitely hid that in my nerdy black side. Yeah. Um, because it, I wanted to be cool. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. And well, I mind you, gangster environment, <laughs> gangster environment, and then. I'm this nerdy black kid in this gangster environment that wants to do gang stuff, but also want to be my authentically black nerdy self. Like it's it's a it's a weird time to be alive. A um uh, undershirt, you know. I know the, the mm-hmm. Wahites don't like wearing undershirts, uh, but wear those. They, you know, they switch uh, straight through undershirts and good draws. That's what I said. Brian, try to keep professional. Put on a t-shirt and some good draws good, good and draw. replace them draws. Let me just see him for a second. If you didn't have them Let's since high school and you thirty, all them draws are the garbage. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Listen. I, yeah. I, I am a Calvin and Nike only type of guy, the microfiber. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm with you. I hear you. Do brothers, I don't whatever your brand is, that's your thing. But re- don't, mm-hmm. don't keep wearing the same draws. Yeah. Do nah. it. Get you some nah, good nah. stuff. Get you some good, good stuff. No, it's another pack. And I'm an underwear not. I I have lots of underwear. I have probably enough Bruh. underwear for like three months. But I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna replace all my underwear now and get some some more. Because as soon as I buy a pack, I throw, I throw, I throw three, four, five away. Got you. So I'm just constantly rotating. Yeah. Go get some like athletic feeling type, you know what I'm saying? Like some like dry fit type stuff and realize mm-hmm. like how much more comfortable you're going to be throughout the day. I promise you. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to worry about riding up on you throughout the day, none of that stuff. Trust me. All right. So I feel like you gave us a lot of tips. Is there any other tips that you feel that maybe you feel like you may have missed or something that's essential uh, in 
um, you know, this is, you know, we cater to the blacks, right? So is there something we feel like our culture, we need mm-hmm. to understand about mm-hmm. fashion or some tip that you would give us? Ooh, nothing's standing out to me that we haven't touched on already. Okay. Grooming. It's always oh, very important. You can talk. We can stay here. We can stay here. <laughs> you can talk, talk about, about grooming. It. And we'll, and <laughs> we'll get stuck. Grooming is, <laughs> is very important, man. Um, <laughs> I also come like I come from being a barber, so I ain't never needed a haircut for a long time. You know what I mean? So uh, mm-hmm. not that I even cut my hair. I got, you know what I'm saying, freeform locks. Uh, but you know what I'm saying, my face. And also, I'm a person. I don't really grow a lot of, like, body hair. So, like, my face, <laughs> this is like. No, it's not like I did, this is this is unshaven for me. I mean, I just I don't really have a lot. I, I wow. can't grow a beard if I wanted one. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually I plan on shooting content today about fragrances. Uh, people, mm, okay. Ask, I have a lot. I have a lot of women that'll be like, man, I know that I know he smells good too. And so uh, I was I was like I've been waiting to try to figure out how I wanted to create some content about the type of fragrances that I wear. And okay. Okay. the main thing I'm going to talk about is not just cologne it's like no it's mm. everything it's from the soap that i use it's the the lotion it's mm. the deodorant. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. the you need to have the basis code they gotta marry yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 you gotta have the basis code before you start throwing cologne on and stuff on top of it you know what i mean so mm. um i love it yeah so i'm actually mm-hmm. that's some content that i plan on uh creating today um so that's important man it's just like i think about you ever just been somewhere and somebody, they could have they been well-dressed. They could have been attractive. And they walk past you, you just catch a whiff of like. And they stink. They'd have had a long, yep. they'd have had a long day. <laughs> I'm so afraid of being that guy. That's why hygiene mm. is so important to me. Last thing I want to do is think mm. I'm out here fresh. Think I'm out here killing it. And then somebody going home <laughs> roasting my ass. What was that fake transition? Or was there a transition during that process from leaving Chicago to going to L.A.? <clears throat> oh, Absolutely. Um, definitely a transition of faith because in that time of sitting with myself, I had to even ask myself the question, why do I believe what I believe? Ooh, um, no question. Do I believe it just because my parents told me to and that's just Great what question. I did all my life? Or is this something that I know in my soul? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So right. being able to answer those questions, maneuvering through uh, different different music camps and this industry, um, there's definitely a lot of things that go on. And for me, um, I had to do a lot of unlearning from the church. So mm-hmm. stuff Oof, that I was holding myself down or or being shameful or being whatever, it's just like, is that tradition or is that God or is that relationship? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, So I really have to decide for myself what yeah. is what. So I'm still myself maneuvering through these situations. Yeah. Um, now getting to Sunday service, uh, it was a little different because majority of the choir grew up in church. So it mm. was a mutual understanding. And these are some of the best singers from around the country. Um, a lot of them being based here in L.A. Um, but, you know, a lot of people. So we 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 definitely a lot of us had that that upbringing. And from how it started to where it transitioned to um, before I um, I took my absence, it only started off as positive like just positive energy Mm. like those were his his main words he wanted to take his songs and a few other songs that he liked and just get bring positivity into a space it was a very small room you know with a few people that he invited and everything so 
it was cool for what it was, you know. Uh, but it was only supposed to be one time. It was only mm-hmm. supposed to be one Sunday. Interesting. Um, okay. And so every Sunday after that, it was kind of like, a, uh, are you are we back this week or are we, you know? And we would be back. And then it became a a, a, a sure thing. And then, you know, I believe that he always was familiar with God and everything, but uh, this was his babe in Christ era, if that makes sense. Oh, um, it makes perfect sense. sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 babe in Christ era, and <clears throat> yeah, he was he was very adamant, especially in the writing process of us using lyrics straight from scripture. So, um, if we would present him with an idea, he'd be like, "All right, where's the verse?" that backs this up. So mm. we will have to present that as well. Um, and it really, uh, for me, especially being in a leadership position at that point, I'm no stranger to being a leader, um, but it was really pulling on me different ways. Granted, because I'm now older at the time I was like, what, 27, 28 or t- 26. And so it was like, um, not only do you have to be a leader, but you have to contribute, um, to, uh, helping to feed these singers so we can feed mm. and pour out to the people. Um, so yeah. that was a, that was a journey in itself for sure. Steve, you are our people. Let me just tell, let me just say that. <laughs> okay. Cause I mean, all of this makes so much sense. And Brian yeah. and I've had several conversations on yeah. the pod, off the pod um, about some of these same things, right? What it means to unlearn a lot of the stuff that, so me and Brian both grew up coaching, right? So staunch, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Holiness. Um, holiness. Right. You, can't, you right. can't join in. You got to be born in. <laughs> All of that. Now, I, oh. I was a caveat. <laughs> I came in around second grade. So I might, you know, I think I kind of. But no, like, okay. so we, we we grew up navigating that <clears throat> early adulthood. And it wasn't until like, Ron, would you say? Well, it was 30s for you, maybe. Late it 20s 30, for me. 30. 30. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere around like the late 20s when we really started figuring out like, wait a yeah. minute. All of this ain't. Ain't all of that, right? And we're still yes. in that journey of unlearning. And then sometimes relearning, picking some stuff up, right? Mm-hmm. That we probably threw away, but mm-hmm. like, you know, framing it for what works in the in the, in the the framework of our lives today and how we're navigating and we're living those things out. Um, so that's like, that resonates so much with us yeah. and likely our audience as well. Uh, I wonder though, in all of that for you, what would you say was one of the biggest shifts for your approach to theology and Christianity altogether as you're navigating this like this expansive journey in music well i feel like my biggest um what was the wording that you used because i want to i want to use the same wording yeah well, yeah uh, you're like no, no this this your new approach or perspective right okay. to theology yes. and christianity yeah so my new new approach to theology and christianity actually came in college before i even did any of this i went to a christian college okay oh, no. um <laughs> went to a Christian college <laughs> and we had to take like Old Testament, New Testament class. Okay. So mm-hmm. the last day of the Old Testament class, you know, I think we didn't took the final and everything. The professor stands up in front of the class and just says, I don't believe any of the stories in the Bible are, well, in the Old Testament are actually real. Like, I don't believe they actually happen. And when I tell you the class went up, like, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't believe? Like, and that was so mind blowing to me at the time because at the time I'm like, if we say, if you say you're a Christian, and I say I'm a Christian, we believe the same thing. And I'm like, that does, does not mean that. 
And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So it really um, allowed me to be a little more open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the biggest shift of my faith and just how I look at religion. Um, we, we're, we're all out here living in our own world, if that makes sense. You mm -hmm. know, so we have, we're, our, our worlds, you know, they inhibit like a lot of the things that we only think about or our only perspective. So mm, it's just so mm -hmm, interesting mm -hmm. hearing how people, you know, just break, break that down and, and, yeah. and, and do that. I, and I feel like the next big awakening was, you know, just being in a space of being honest with myself, you know, in that, in that alone time of sitting, you know, sitting with myself, asking myself the questions and really getting to a place where I can love myself in spite of things that are deemed wrong in Christianity or mm -hmm. deemed abominable or mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Right, like right. I'm no longer going through the shame. I'm no longer going through the hurt and guilt of beating my own self up. Mm -hmm. You know, when I believe God is looking at me like, I got you, you know what I'm saying? And traditions of church, especially the black church, um, will will have you um, will have you in that state, you know, mm -hmm. from yeah. traditionalism. But I think, you know, having that safeguard there, right, yeah. be that a friend or a therapist, it's still important mm -hmm. because... I feel like y'all, my friends know me well enough and I know my friends well enough to know even if you don't tell me, I'm I can hear when something's off. Yep. I can look at your patterns. Yep. And be like, hey, you good? Mm -hmm. I ain't heard from you all day. Or if right. I did hear from you, you gave me a one word response. Yeah. And it wasn't just like a yeah, okay to like, you know, after a series of conversations. It was the initial, yep. Nope. And I'm like, you straight? Because right. I know I ain't did nothing to you. You ain't sleeping right. with me. I ain't did nothing to you. You know, my, my grandma's used to say that all the time. What you got to me for? I ain't sleep with you. Um, so, you yeah. know, those are, but I, and I think, you know, and just and even those kind of questions, because now it's like, here he go. But it's like, I know you. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. ain't right. Yeah. You talk like, you know what I'm saying? And at one point, and you know, and sometimes you can't roll your eyes at it. Well, okay. They just, you know, but like, if you think about it, you probably know, no, this ain't. This ain't that. Because now yeah. you're off social media. I ain't seen your post in a minute. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so many different things. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Right. Right. Um, so I think even when we don't speak, real relationship begins to understand patterns. And and not to say that we all always get it right. But there's no way in the world that specific language will be said or things will be happening. I'm just going to dismiss it. If you were to say, I just want to go away. Our first response would be like, I bet. Where are we going then? <laughs> You ain't finna, you know, you ain't finna do what I think right. you're trying to do. So where the hell are we going? What 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 plane ticket I need to buy? Right, right. right. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's the conversation. And if you say, well, no, Josh, I'm thinking I just need a retreat. I need to just be by myself. Because I've had those same bro, yeah. since college, one of my one of the things I've always wanted to do, and it's still mm -hmm. on my bucket list, and people laugh about it. I want to go to Fargo, North Dakota for about three, four days. And just be, be and people be say you. why I said because there's literally nothing there yeah. and I only chose Fargo because if I'm gonna go to some remote place at least give me the capital which means <laughs> that I can you know at least I'm gonna yeah. have some some chain restaurants that I can eat I want to eat half decent I said I just want to be in a space where I know nobody mm -hmm. I can be in my room I can be in some fresh air and I just wanted to reflect maybe work on some projects and businesses that I you know give give me time to brain dump in yeah. the same way people brain dump on me. Um, I used to say that in college because I was like, I want to do that before finals. 
mm-hmm. you know, never had the money to just fly up to Fargo, North Dakota, because nobody goes to Fargo, which means that plane ticket is expensive. Right. Um, but anyway, but like having that moment, whether it's flying to California to Joshua Tree or mm-hmm. shoot, going to Destin with the old people and sitting on the beach, right. you know, whatever it means, right? I think we have the right to be able to want and desire those type of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I really feel like language and relationship um, speaks in ways, in louder ways, mm-hmm. right, um, than we probably want to admit. And I don't know. And because John died first episode, yeah, we didn't have a chance to really see Mm-mm. if if what he, you know what I'm saying? And, not, and this is not to judge the friend group at all. Because right. a lot of times when people have committed suicide, a lot of people who are close to them say, we didn't see it or we mm-hmm. missed it, right? But I wonder, was yeah. there something that mm-hmm. he was experiencing or or maybe he's just a master at putting on that mask. Yeah. That happens as well. Yeah, we're right. Good at so it. Yeah. But to your point, to your earlier point, and I will commend you and Chris specifically. Uh, there's been times I've been out of it and y'all been like, nigga, y'all right? You know what I'm saying? And I think I have done the same. We would do check-ins and be like, nigga, you good? And you'd be like, Yeah, I'm good. Like, nigga, no, nigga. Are you like really good? Like, be honest, you know what I'm saying? So we have those, which I think is a great thing. I think all friends, we all need a safe space, even with, you know, outside. And I think we need space spaces outside of our marriage, too. Let me say that. Oh, for that. sure. You know what I mean? Like Because sometimes they're the issue. <laughs> Hello. And that's not even to, like, to bash our wives, but, like, yeah. if, if if part of my stress, like, let's just say right now, if you had a stress of, I don't feel like I'm an adequate provider, mm-hmm. you can't go to your wife with that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You probably could, and she could affirm you, be like, "Oh, babe, we're oh, good." But like, like she, you, in your brain, because how you feeling? You just telling me that. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, I can't yeah. go to you with that. I need that other space. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, that's that's great. Um, so great point. We talked about family already, kind of a little bit. People that you mm-hmm. really choose for those that know what family is, your friends who you kind of you know make your family. Yes. Uh, we are we we have a family group. Um, so one thing I did see was personal and collective growth. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And I can say within our fan group, we have definitely seen collective growth. My God. Uh, <laughs> uh, when we first met, we were all completely different. And not just financially and materialistic. We've all definitely come. We've come up. Come up. We are. I heard Kiki Palmer say the cup runneth over. <laughs> listen, yeah. we are, you know, and I know this is a bad term, black excellence. That's been kind of debated recently. But we are. In a space where we are doing wonderfully in terms of yeah. our ancestors will be looking at us like I think you made a great it. point. People, and this is not even any like hype to us, but people will look at our lives and be like, yes. y'all are goals. Yes. And I'm just like, like people, like y'all came to our house recently. Mm-hmm. And people look at our new home and be like, Josh, you know, Brian and Lauren were going crazy over this little refrigerator we got. <laughs> it's a nice refrigerator, it, my It nigga. is a nice refrigerator. <laughs> it's really nice. But in our mind, it's just like, that's just the one we wanted. Like it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, we admit that it's nice, but it's like, that's the one we saw. Yeah. And we refrigerate shop. But like even my parents was like, Y'all, y'all refrigerate talk to y'all. It was like, <laughs> it does. And it'll tell us when stuff is expired and all kind of things. Like, you that's know, a, but, that's a nice but, friend, man. but to your point, bro, it's like, you're right. We have come up, and like you said, not to like put us in this thing, but like we've attained a certain level of success. We have. We have. And we're here. We are here. Still yeah. friends. We're st- and still friends in it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we're different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would even with yes. And I would even say that with we've grown together. But also, I feel like we've much. I, me, y'all knew I was when we first met. I was super staunch, um, super. I'm still like a little bashful and shy and stuff like that. But I mm-hmm. was nigga square as square can be. I was. I'm gonna say I was more judgmental because I was like so staunch in my ways. What's your shape now? What'd you say? <laughs> What's your shape now? I I am 
free. Praise are the Lord. A, are you a circle? I am. Just keep water. turning. I'm water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. From sea to shining sea. I am. I am fluid, and but not the fluid in terms of that. But you know, okay. fluid in terms of <laughs> not that, but fluid in terms of um, being open to. No, no, no. I hear you though. Ideas and cultures and and um, different perspectives. Because we, again, we grew up in, in in a very sheltered, very square. Yeah. Like you it was step a box. outside, of, it was it a, a box. box. Yes, almost prison, darkness, nothing there. Um, oh but it now, like hell. listen, <laughs> listen. And but now we have a certain level of freedom. Yeah, you know, I never would have gotten a tattoo before. Y'all remember when I first we first got together with friends? I never drank in public. It was a whole thing. Like you know, what I'm saying now it's it is let you know. Be drinking, be married. Yeah, all that y'all kind of left stuff. me hanging on my um the night before my wedding. We did left me Chris, we, <laughs> convicted, and I'm and I'm and I'm not, not going to tell you the 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 now that now that we're over. I'm just gonna say I'm not going to say what we did and all that kind of stuff. What other people are doing. I'm just going to say this. What made me so upset in the moment was the hypocrisy of it all. Mm-hmm. I know y'all, and I know, <laughs> especially that other one, what was going on, and you telling me <laughs> that you couldn't go. <laughs> but we've since gone together before. No, 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 we, we have. I, but, yeah. I, but, I, but, but to your point, that, yeah. that just that even just talks through like our framework and thinking. It was terrible. Like our, I'm doing, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. which is like bad, yeah. right? In terms of like maybe morals, but I ain't gonna do that. And it's like I rather, and in my brain, I rather yeah. do that because I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, so we were, like we were just all over the place, we but all we, place. we we had our limits and our justifications. Yeah, our because because we thought a certain way, and you're right. But within that, we've and we've said on this podcast, we have unlearned mm-hmm. and have relearned. What somebody said this unlearned, relearned. There's another one that somebody said yeah. recently that was amazing. Unlearn, relearn, or something. Uh, we've relearned. You know things about ourselves, about our culture, about life, and a lot of the stuff we, we kind of made it came came to our own decisions and mindset on certain things. So where now, if you were like, "Hey, let's go to this place," I'd be like, "Bet, let me get dressed." You know what I'm saying? Like it's completely yes. different, right? Yes. So I feel like we have personal growth, the collective growth. It's really about money at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. It's, def- it's definitely it is. I mean, it's important, you know, like being able to sustain a certain lifestyle. But honestly, it's just. Whew. Breathing has cost us probably a hundred dollars just being here this past time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah, everything is expensive at this point. Everything is expensive at this point. I want to get to a place though, where because I do like what I do. Okay, but I do want to get to a place though where I'm doing other things I like to do a little bit more, like podcasting, mm. for example. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, and I'll be very transparent, and you know, I've I've been in ebbs and flows with this for like two years now, yeah, three years now actually, and it's something that I enjoy doing, but you know, it also has not been really bringing me, you know, no, we know, like, oh, we definitely y'all know, y'all yeah, know. We definitely know, y'all know, and y'all are way more consistent than I am, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but I, I want to get to a point in life where I'm really enjoying the things that. I I love outside of work that bring peace. I just want to be black yeah. and eccentric and just beautiful and just do every. I mean, well, mm-hmm. um, but I want to just do everything that like life has to offer yes. and like not have to for me that aligns with me and my morals and my passions and like not have to worry about like money. I mm, I hundred percent agree, agree. And, and I feel like that I'm not gonna say everybody, but I feel like if 
I think most of us, especially black folks yeah. in a certain place who have, and I, and I was talking to my wife about this recently, like, I was like, once you've achieved the American dream, like, what else is there? Right? You know what I mean? Like, what else is there? And, and most of us in, in, in a certain, other than being like millionaires and billionaires, right? We all have, you know, homes, we have these great careers. Degrees. Degrees. Travel, well, all that stuff. All, all that, yep. stuff. So at this point, yeah. it's like at a certain point, you kind of like, to your point, Chance, you want to just peace, and you want to just do what the hell you want to do. You want to just live your best black life and yes, yes. just do that. And it's like, but how do you get to that point or transition to that point of, you know, being able to live your black mm-hmm. hippie? Because if, if it were me, I would have like a cabin, be a hippie, oh. off the grid, on the grid, you know, I'll still be clean. I'll be clean. I would hope. I wouldn't doubt to be clean. <laughs> I'd be clean, yeah. but yeah, I just, I just want, can't I just be in no cabin. Oh, no, I want to just relax. I just want to be like a person that's just can do whatever he wants to do. I just honestly just for me, it would just be matter because I love the city, right? Like I am mm. a city boy through and through. Like love it. <laughs> love being able to go shop. Love being able to pump down the street with a nice coat. <laughs> people see me, you know. Like that's a very like when I was younger, I was like, I got like I, if I don't. I want to live in New York. I either want to live in New York City next or DC next because I do think that. Oh, great choices. I do. I know, but and I, and I think and I say that because I I think that children are starting to fall out of the life's plan for me, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm starting to make peace with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think I could be a dope dad, but like still I gotta like I ain't doing that shit alone. So <laughs> <laughs> for I the time being, yeah, y'all, y'all fathers, listen, okay, yeah, listen, listen. I don't know how single parents do it. I have Listen, no clue. I don't know how my mama did it. Like, I don't know how the fuck she did it. But I say that to say that, you know, I, I going off Brian's point, like, I, 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 being remote is cool, but I don't know if I would do well in a cabin or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I would just love to, like, live somewhere where I can get to where I need to get to. I could. Like, Brian, uh. like, like, Brian came to, like, my last place that I was at. And so, like, I had the separation. Like, Philly mm-hmm. was, Philly was very oh, yeah, much. Yeah there but i you can get to you philly know? when you need to get to philly but you were in a nice suburban neighborhood that's quiet <laughs> and yeah real i get white, it real white woman real, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay we're, we're on the patio looking down okay what's going on down there okay. <laughs> right so but yeah the the differences, right? I know we've uh, talked about uh, this in brevity sometimes, but let's go a little bit deeper and talk yeah. about some of the differences you've noticed in twenty something year old Brian versus thirty yeah. something year old Brian. Yeah, twenty uh, something year old Brian didn't have no kids, of course, um, and was just I was much more I was busier in terms of like frivolous busy, right? Like mm-hmm. just traveling randomly just for fun um playing sports like i was still playing basketball like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my 20s like <clears throat> like playing like going to mm-hmm. la fitness and playing um like cares were minimal mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i really didn't have too many cares in the world um you can st- I stay up late now but like i used to be able to stay up like late mm-hmm. like and not feel it I was about to say the like bounce going, back. That's the difference. Bro, the, yeah, now, Philip, we was going to, remember we were going to like Todd Harbor Bibles and stuff like that, and they could be up to about three o'clock Don't in the morning me. Don't and, then go, and then go to work at like eight. 
I, th- th- yeah, those are times in my life I try to <laughs> <laughs> try to block out. To... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but for the, for the, for, the, for all ten tens of purpose, I, I hear right? what you're saying. I hear what you're saying though. Yeah, staying up late and then bouncing back, and not even feeling it, not needing a nap in the middle of the day. Um, whereas now I'm late, my late thirties. I'm turning thirty eight this year, like in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Like, like I'm always tired. Like I'm mm-hmm. always tired, like pervasive tiredness, <laughs> just for no reason. I'm like, what? Like, what did I do? Like, and it'll be nights where, like, you know, granted, I have a three year old and she sleeps in the bed with us, so you know she can move and stuff like that. But um, it's just like I'm always tired, and then mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like you can hard hard to focus because it's like I'm so tired. I ain't taking a nap, but I have like a workload to do. It's like, a, and it's not just like work work it's like other things that we have to do throughout the day to make sure that you know the, the world doesn't collapse right um because of you know husband father you know the world revolves around what you do in a sense mm-hmm. and, and things are are in the house are based off of what you do so like it's just the the feeling of always i'm always tired like always tired um um there's not a chance i can go play basketball right now like i can probably go play half court Three on three, but there's not a chance I'm running up and down down the court. Shout out to Chris Moore. I think he still plays full court basketball, but uh, I I just I know I can't do that anymore. Um, I would love to. I'm probably gonna you know, go back and run and do and shoot and stuff like that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't I can't do that. What about yourself? So some of the same. Um, and I know we'll I know we'll get to this. Um, mm-hmm. a little, you know what? I'm I'm a, I'm gonna move this up because it I think it. It's an interesting dynamic, Brian, when we talk about mm-hmm. 20s versus 30s. So in the, it's, it's so funny how you how we both can probably, because I agree with that. I was more carefree in my 20s. But mm-hmm. can we also talk about from a spiritual um, perspective, we talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. We were carefree, but also so much more like careful in our 20s. Yeah. And then yeah. now in our 30s, like... You know, you you care Nigga, about what? you care about a lot more because of your responsibilities. But now you just like, that don't even matter. Like some stuff like that don't, don't even matter no more. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's, it it's, don't. it's funny how like I think the sense of what you care about changes between yes. twenty has changed drastically between twenty and thirty. Without and I doubt. saw some of that shift in my late twenties. Um, but I was yes. say the same thing. So like, even on my fitness journey, I know we'll talk about physicality in a moment too. Like, um, you talking about bouncing back? Like, I am sore right now. Like mm. right now from leg day yesterday. Let me talk about like sore sore. If I get up, it's gonna be a struggle. Getting out the mm. chair and I've stretched, I foam yeah. rolled, I've done it all. When I first started <laughs> working out in my like at like 26, bro, I would do this stuff and be like, bet. Child and gone up by my business. Wouldn't feel nothing, wouldn't mm-hmm. go through anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even the body, like while I, I feel like I'm I'm my most in shape, I'm my, my, I am my most healthy, the mm-hmm. ability to bounce back is different. Even going back to like I still work best at night. Mm-hmm. It's just how I work, right? Um, yeah. But to your point, bro, I can't be up at three in the morning and then wake up. Like, I go to the gym at five forty-five. If I got one and a half hours sleep, oh yeah, and try to go no, work no. out and then function a full eight nine hours for work, nah, I would be I would be passing out somewhere. Um, so the ability to do some of those things just changed. And I think some I think some of that changes though because of the level of responsibility we have now have. Yeah, I think it's I would give a nice percentage of that to the responsibilities we have and less about age. I think age plays a part. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But I also believe if we were single, childrenless men, 
then we probably can navigate later hours better because we don't have the responsibility of having to be on like when I because when, when I was just in school when when school was over that was it it was just Josh mm-hmm. I had nobody to care about I ain't had to be you know all I had to do was show up and be a good person in yeah. many in many regards now I gotta I could be wore down but if mm-hmm. Jaden want to play I gotta play if mm-hmm. Josh want to talk I gotta talk if yeah. Asher want to talk I gotta be fully and present yeah. and then I'm the I'm the primary cook in my home. So I got to mm-hmm. figure out what we eat and I got to yep. stand up and cook it and all these other different types of things. Right. So I think the responsibility of life has, has shifted how we care, has yeah. shifted what our energy levels can and cannot be. And I think that's why um, it's super important um, when we talk about self-care and pockets of joy so often on this show. Yeah. Uh, because those are the kind of things that refuel um, that, you know, that remind us of yeah. who we are so that we can, keep, we can keep going. But I remember <laughs> so to your point about the, about the, the, the weight lines because I remember going to, to the Cheesecake Bistro and it was long but it was every table in there was packed every table was I mean to was capacity full. <laughs> yeah where now I feel like there's tables like a mad open they just they're, they're creating like a buzz and a weight and it's not really what it is mm-hmm. um, but I feel like back in the day it was like that place was, was they would still was, get you your food out you went there all day like it no. was <laughs> What's other place that we had your um your Kappa uh dinner at was Copeland's. Copeland's, Copeland's is like, another solid uh um Creole. And it's still it's still type. decent today. Yeah, it the best, I, but it's decent. Yeah, yeah. So so to to the culinary thing, like so I come from everybody know I come from California. So our food scene, like we had to go to get soul food. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Um, Asian food was was easy to find. Mexican food, of course, was super easy to find. So coming to Atlanta, it was really was just trying. I was just trying to find food that I could find at home, gotcha. um, but also trying to like, taste something different because I was told that you know soul food is is the thing. So I was trying to find like soul food here. I never really have found. Did like, your mom and grandma and them cook soul food like that in California, or what was that? So my grandma can't cook. So that's <laughs> one th- unfortunately she can't cook. Really? My, she, okay. Yeah, yeah. Dorothy Kumar could not cook. Like she, she cooked me one meal my whole life, and it was terrible. It was disgusting. <laughs> Um and and, okay. she, and I was and I was eighteen when she cooked that meal. Okay, yeah. Okay, true story. A black woman, older lady named Dorothy, who can I cook? Um, that's an anomaly, bro. Yeah, yeah. My mom used to make um soul food every once in a while, but we you know we ate a lot of like tacos and stuff like that, like you know, because it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Fried chicken, you know what I'm saying? Like we would eat stuff like that. Like we. It, so when I came to Atlanta, it was the fact that like, let me find soul food because this is supposed to be the South. You know, you're supposed to get soul food. Um, we definitely, since we lived out there, we went to the Blue Willow place that you talked about. Um, but I really didn't get into eating wings, like for real, for real, until I moved here. I used to make wings back home because I used to cook a lot. When one I used to love, I always loved wings. I was like little winget party drums things. Mm-hmm. So I used to make those a lot at home. So I was kind of like known at home, like people around and at church and stuff like that, for the nigga that makes wings. I used the wing guru. I was the wing dude. You was Rick Ross uh, before Rick Ross. Listen, I used, to, <laughs> so I used to make wings for like any type of church function. I used to make wings. And everybody was like, nigga, you making wings this, this go around? So I came to Atlanta. Um, and then it was like, I didn't have to make wings. I can just buy wings. But I wasn't going to like America Deal. I was going to random like places that were like wings. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I didn't really start getting wings crazy. So like now, I like at one point, I was getting wings like every week. Mm. Um, and I feel like when me and Lauren got married, I got to still get wings. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I used, to, I used to, at one point I was on wings every every Wednesday. I mean wings. When me and Lauren got married, our routine was Friday get off work, 
buying wings, French fries, and just binge watch TV on Fridays. That was we just still do that. That was our routine. <laughs> and it's, now it's just we just subbing for fried okra in this house, but that's what we do. <laughs> Listen, that's and, yeah. and that's the thing. So like, to, for, as far as Atlanta cuisine, wings is kind of like my I hold wings in in my heart as far as Atlanta cuisine. And then now Brooklyn, which I'm pretty sure I, I posted about it earlier this week. Like my daughter, she be tearing up some wings, some you know, smart wings, lemon pepper, mm-hmm. spicy. She destroys them joints. Um, so. In terms of food scene, like wings have been like my thing since moving here. Uh, but now also I live, um, what is it? I live close to, not too far from Buford Highway. And for those that live in Atlanta, you kind of know what that means. Mm-hmm. And I can find some pretty good Mexican food um, on Buford Highway. So that, that kind of, now I'm kind of like, sometimes now that I'm here in Atlanta, I'm trying to find places that kind of feel like home. So I can go find like, the Mexican spots. And go get like Mexican food that like tastes somewhat authentic. So, um, but yeah, I never really found a restaurant here that's like mm-hmm. my go-to spot. Like, you know, that's 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 just I can be like because people call, call all the time. They say, "I'm coming to Atlanta. Like, what? Where should we go to eat?" And I'm like, "Nigga, like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any recommendations. I didn't. I call Chris, like, hey, Chris, if somebody's coming coming here, where should they go?'" Yeah, you know what I mean. Or I go to like I go to like franchise like PF Changs and stuff like that. I don't really. I, I, now I, I will say this in Atlanta's credit, I got some dope places I can send you in terms of food. Mm-hmm. My what I'm saying, however, is that there's just very little things that I'd be like, oh, like uh, to me, like you, like a, like uh, for example, I say it again: Memphis barbecue, mm-hmm. New York pizza, right? yeah. Chicago deep dish pizza or hot dogs or you know whatever you you know the all you go to these different places you know to me and let people say wings right I mm-hmm. just gave you my you know explanation for that but I don't know when I come to Atlanta I think of a specific food I can yeah. send you to some dope places like for example the bucket shop across the mm-hmm. street from Lenox Mall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dope little you know little, little pub bar whatever that is like sm- it's a bit of smoke in there smoky but yeah, yeah, that yeah. food yeah brother yeah Chefs kiss, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned back in open the day. Late too. Open late. Back in the day, Cheesecake Bistro. Mm-hmm. Good. It's this place out here in Austell called Phenomenal Seafood. Mm-hmm. It's just called Phenomenal Seafood. And it is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's some good fried bro. When I tell you I got some catfish nuggets as appetizer, you know I'm hard on catfish. Oh no. So good. Marietta Pizza Company. Really good pizza. Um, not the best piece I've ever had, but really good. Pe- La Fonda is a dope mm-hmm. Latin restaurant that I enjoy that mm-hmm. I had here. You know, so so I can give you, yeah, yeah, I can give you places. But for me, it's like, if I, like again, people are gonna say, "What barbecue spots are they up in Memphis?" Like it's specific. So I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh, the barbecue shop on Madison Avenue." Yeah, it's, it's easy. You know what I'm saying? Like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah. I'm just gonna give you a bunch of random spots that's just good food, but nothing yeah. is going. And all of them are different. Like uh, even even though this ain't nothing like crazy unique, but um. Eclipse de Luna. It's a mm. dope top of spot. And it it's is. good. Yeah, nice yeah. little vibe. You know what I'm saying? But it's nothing like I've been to Pasha before. It's a um Mediterranean spot. They give you amazing portions. Now, if you go after a certain hour, it's gonna get a little loungy clubby, which mm-hmm. is another thing we could talk about mm-hmm. with Atlanta. But if you go to a certain hour, it's just a restaurant. But that's and, and let me just since since I'm here, let me do that. 
that's one thing I, I don't like about Atlanta food scene too is because some of the restaurants like Pasha has really good food bro mm-hmm. but if you pull up like at 8 o'clock the pretentiousness comes it's like ballet only mm-hmm. you might have to wait in the line to get in yeah. it's going to be a super loud DJ but it's a restaurant it's just yeah. a restaurant mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I'm just like and like if I and I thought and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a lounge. I'm not saying there's anything with eating food at lounges. But if I came to just enjoy my family at a restaurant, that's all yeah. I want to do. Yeah. Like because I got kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like when yeah, I went yeah. to Phenomenal Seafood for the first time, it was it was a Sunday after church, and they was getting we didn't know, but the DJ started setting up. I said, Oh, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I know what's gonna happen. And Jaden was like. Why is it so loud? And what is this? I said, you remember? I said, you remember asking me what me and mommy do at adult birthday parties? I said, this is it. <laughs> he said, oh, I never want to come to those then. <laughs> Say that now, brother. <laughs> right, but 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 to that point, like, but I wouldn't have brought him there if I knew it was. And it did. It yeah. did nothing inappropriate happened. They weren't twerking on tables and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like the hookah started coming out, mm-hmm. and the DJ started playing his set. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, bro, it's it is one o'clock. And I get that this prime brunch app. We also in the middle of Austell and it wasn't and it wasn't even packed in there. Yeah. It was yeah. like four or five other tables, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what is this turning? So it is just like some restaurants, my beef is that it seems like everybody feel like they gotta do that mm-hmm. to compete. When in reality, going back to Cheesecake Bistro, I know times have changed, but I can always guarantee you, if you have good food and great customer service, yeah. People because like me. I like to eat. Yeah, yeah. So DJ hookah, whatever or not, brother, mm-hmm. I'm gonna eat. And if I want that, I know where to go for that. Yeah. But that's not what I'm coming to some of these spots for. Like Boogaloo, I think we said it before, mm-hmm. is listed as a restaurant. That is nobody's restaurant. Boogaloo on Ponce is nobody's restaurant. And it's mm-hmm. a club. But it, <laughs> but I, but, they, but they were created as a restaurant, but it evolved, right? So it's just that's that is my beef. Yeah. With Atlanta food scene, I feel like everybody feel like they gotta be a, they gotta be a lounge. They yeah, gotta they got be a vibe. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, a good mix, a good mixtape <clears throat> in the background, or even yeah. a little DJ who ain't going crazy. Because I went to Red Rooster in in Harlem. Mm-hmm. They had a DJ, but she was like, Mayo. The music was mm-hmm. dope, but it wasn't blast. It was literally like just background music. That yeah. I can take because it was a vibe yeah. and it still felt like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But like I'm talking about blasting in my ear, the hype man on the thing. I don't want that every single yeah, time yeah. I just go eat. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a place <laughs> in Duluth over here called uh Just Brunch. Um and and it's like that. They they don't have a DJ, but they have like great music playing in the background. Yeah. And and that that's great food, great customer service. Uh the lines can be a little a bit much, uh, but it's a smaller restaurant. Um, but they would just they had like a, a mixtape in the back. You could you could tell it was catered to a certain demographic. Like they're playing Tevin Campbell and freaking SWV. You know what I'm saying? They're playing the, you know, mid to late or early nineties, uh, so all nineties, early two thousands music. It's for a certain demo, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so to that point, there are some places, but I feel like there's just people are trying to trying to chase that um that um that um that kind of like vibe situation. Um, and at some places they'd be like, oh, after five, we're going to turn up. And I'm like, damn, we just got here. It's like four o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Um, food scene is a thing. One thing we kind of complain about. Um, um, I, and I love that Atlanta is growing. I really do love that Atlanta is growing. Mm-hmm. And, cause, and, and that's great for us because property values are, are shooting up Are shooting up for us. That's giving us more money. Um, but we, I think we've been saying this since 05, since 07. 
Um, the infrastructure is a little weak. Um, not a little. The the um the the highways seventy five eighty five in the heart of the city is the connected. Worst. You know what I'm saying? We have the two eighty five. Um, and, but we 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 deal with it. And I you know it's it is what it is. But I guess that may be the 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 the, the um the sign that we're in a, in a major city is because of the traffic. There's a lot of conversations about where R&B is, whether it's dead, how it has evolved, what's it changed? What is your perspective? Do you believe R&B is dead? Probably. Absolutely. I believe the answer is no. But what do you, like, what is your thoughts around the evolution of where R&B has grown to today? I think everything has its time. Sure. Um, and I think it was just time for hip hop. Hip hop is it's only 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's fairly young for a new genre. And it was hip hop's time to be more popular than any other genre. Yeah. And R&B, you know, with the way the culture was shifting and changing. Um, and it started with what you said earlier, like Thug and B. Mm-hmm. So the beats got way more hip hop, and so you got more people rapping than singing. You got some singers who don't even sing no more; they just rap because it's popular, it's cool. I've even rapped on some records because that's the era that I grew up in. Um, I don't think R&B is dead. I just think other stuff is was more popular at the time. But I think it's coming back to be more popular because we needed a balance in frequency. Everything can't mm. be, you know what I'm saying? I was going to say something crazy. Say it. Sorry. Why. <laughs> um, everything can't be shoot, shoot, shoot. You know, 666 six, six is like, that's such mm. a, like, that's that's such a vibration. It's like, you can't do that all the time. Sometimes you want to listen to some lo-fi music yeah. or gospel. Or something that's not talking about that. I can't do. My mama used to say, "Too much of anything ain't good." So mm. me personally, I I need a balance. So that's why my music sounds the way it does. We get yeah. a bit of everything because that's who I am as yeah. a person. Yeah, and, and I think that's a fair assumption because I feel like we have balanced lives, and I think Josh and I talk about it on the podcast all the time about duality, and we have different lives, different perspectives, and we may be feeling something on a Monday, and I'd be the same feeling the same way on a Tuesday. So I feel like that balance in right. music and genre, and uh, and having that eclectic sound, I think is important and necessary uh, when it seems like we're hearing, and I'm not dissing music, but it's like we're hearing the same song all day. Turn on the radio; it's the same song all day. You can put on Apple yeah. Music and it let it play just current music. It sounds like it's the same song, like all day, kind of like Go-Go music, or like uh, where you it's just same tempo, but mm-hmm. it just feels like everything is that same same song. So I'm, I'm glad that we have artists like yourself. And I think we had a, a, a episode like two years ago when we talked about R&B or this uh, the next generation of singers. Uh, and yeah. we added you and like Lucky Day and her into some a group of people we felt like the the industry is in good hands because they're going to continue to give us quality music. It's yeah. not going to be the traditional sound that we've heard uh, for the last <laughs> like five or six years or so. It's going to be good quality music, feel good, give us emotions, do all the things we can, you know, have children to it, but also we can have a good time. We can vibe. I have a nice little housewarming party to it, all the kind of stuff uh, that um, I feel like 
you know, my favorite artist, Music Soul Child, kind of gave us that everything, uh, every like basically a song for everything that goes on in our life. So I'm going to give you kudos to that. Um, speaking about vibes, right? Hold on, I want to say um, something about the piggyback. Go for it. Yeah. There is a cost that comes uh, with that for artists who are not doing the same thing that's happening right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It hits us financially. It affects the way we tour. Mm. Um, it affects our resources. So mm. I would say to anybody that has an artist that they love and they're like, yo, that's so different. If you're not purchasing their stuff, you're not buying the album, if you're not mm. buying the merch, um, they will wither away because we make music, but if don't nobody buy it, if don't nobody buy the merch, it's like, how y'all expect us to, you know, continue going, especially if this is what we do full time. And a lot of people won't speak on it, but if you're independent, I pay for everything. And I mean everything. Mm-hmm. So how I've been keeping the float is because I have fans who consistently listen to the music. Um, but before that, I had a job. And a lot of artists have jobs. They're like, yo, where they been at? It's been a year. Yeah, they've been saving up their money for a year to then make a project, then to put mm. it out. So it's a whole process. Then you got to deal with different producers and everything. It's stressful. And sometimes I'll be like, yo, I should have became a damn electrician. Mm. So what is your motivation beyond? Is it is it just you love the music that much that you stay in it despite the cost? You know, a lot of people love it, but yeah. the difference between me and just loving it is I, I'm called to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, and I answer the call. So I understand the bigger picture and I understand there's going to be adversity. Yeah. Um, but I also make sure I have fun doing this because if it's just business, if it's just about getting popular, that's why we see so many people just give up and they just be doing something else. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I feel that. So I do have a question. I can follow that. Follow it. So do you do you feel the need sometimes to kind of do the popular music in that sense? Because you say that it, it, it kind of comes at a cost. But have you seen mm-hmm. the benefits to say, hey, you know what? Let me just try to do probably what I don't want to do, but I feel like it can probably widen my horizons or my fan base and probably give me some more engagement. Have you thought about that or considered it? Absolutely not. No, I make what I want to make. And thank mm. God. Love it. Love I it. Have, um, so I thank God I got fans that understand that and supporters that understand that. Again, I listen to everything. So you're going to hear everything from me at some point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of listening to everything, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know me and Brian are big on self-care. Right. And often self-care days, moments, whatever comes with a soundtrack. Right. What does Samote do for self-care and how has music played a part in that type of that one type of therapy for you? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, um, when I wake up in the morning, my self-care starts immediately. Like I'll pray. I'm supposed to get on my knees and pray, but sometimes I'll be like, Lord, I'm going to just ride back and just pray. <laughs> um, and I drink water. That's the first thing I put inside of my body. And I read something, whether it's like uh, scripture or 
my cousin, I got a cousin named BJ. He always sends me like a motivational quote. Yeah. Um, then I work out, but I'm always listening to like ambient music mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, okay. That, that just keeps me aligned. Or I listen to a song that just feeds my soul. It has nothing to do with what I do career-wise um, before I even speak to anybody. I do all of that. No, we love that. What's what's one song that feeds your soul? It just makes you immediately joyful, turns the lights on for you. Um, <clears throat> um what's the my um you are you always come. I think it's Robert Glasper and Jill Scott. You mm. answer when I call that joint. Um and lately, oh, he got the hands up. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can, the, the, the mic is yours. You can do a, a A selection if you need to. There's space. Um, a and B. We can stay here all day. Oh, um, my boy Chandler, he got this song called um, it's a Sarah Jakes Roberts and Chandler Moore's um, on time God, you love mm. the impossible. On time God, you my love don't let go. You never give up. You're never too late. Nothing's too far gone for the only time, God. You always show up. I just feel like this song is so, like it's so well written, but it's yeah. also like whoever wrote this knows this, mm-hmm. and they want other people to know it. Me and Brian say that. I'm so glad you said that. We say that so much that there was some there are certain something about certain songs, some artists, right? But you could just know this was this was written from a very experienced place. Um, <clears throat> and I, I say this a lot about one of our legends, Miss uh, Gladys Knight. The way she sings those songs, she loved those. That Midnight Train to Georgia, L.A. was too much for the man. <laughs> Ooh. And despite all that, he, she, she said, but I'm going to get on that train with you. When Anita Baker starts off with all my heart, with I love you, babe, sweet love. Something about Auntie Anita just wakes me up. Every single yeah. time. Kirk Franklin is my all-time favorite artist. So I can press play on almost anything except that one NC album. Kirk, I'm so sorry. But outside of that, everything the, I know, the one NC <laughs> when I can't. <clears throat> that's the one that Hold on. Hold on. That's the one I just you're not you're not about to do candy them like that. You're not no, I love to- candy. Candy West, me and Candy, we know each other actually. She, I love candy. But that particular album. You know, nigga, is you crazy? It, I might be, but it wasn't the chicken noodle soup of the soul for me. And <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. We, we got to talk after this. I got to talk after this. We can talk after this for sure. I'm offended, and I was a child when it came out. I was too. I was <laughs> I had, too. I had nothing to do with that album, and I'm just offended. <laughs> me either, and you know. But anyway, we <laughs> we all. So I'm, I love that because there's so much. The songs hit better. We can have. We can talk about it right now. Actually, you want to? Oh. Let's do it. <laughs> when we fall, there are angels there to catch you when you fall. What? Yeah. yeah. No. It's it's not. Let me let me do this. It's not bad music. Okay. I'm never intentionally playing the one in the album. I'm never like going into my library, digging it through my crates to pull that one out. That's all. It's not bad though. If you played it today, I'd be like, okay, I'll tap my toe a little bit. But in the words of Little Richard, it's not going to shoot up in my boot. 
but I'll tap my toe. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know. I have accepted that someone isn't like ah, crazy about the one in Seattle. I'm I'm okay. I okay. just accepted it. Okay. We can move on with the interview. I'm good. Okay. My favorite Kirk album, though, I don't know if this will help or not, is Hero. Uh, I love all of them. Yeah, you are the hero. And Dorinda's on that title yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, 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 she drives it. But that album, top to bottom, is just so. It's just he got Stevie Wonder on there. It's just Yolanda. He got. I mean, it's just it is a beautiful body of work. Kurt um, Franklin. This most recent one is good too. Yeah. Kurt Franklin is special, for sure. Ain't he? Yeah. Ain't he? He's he just got Ain't it. And I yeah. love the fact that he'll do a performance, and he doesn't sing a lick. Oh, <laughs> mm. he do James Brown around the stage. Yes. With with a pair of shoes on that I wish was my size. Um, <laughs> and we all just sing the songs to him. Mm-hmm. He's winning. Yeah. He's Unless winning. you go back to 94 on the What You Looking For album, he did Song For Mama. Now he'll sing, he might see her, he sang that one. Yeah. But I think he stopped after that. And that's okay. Because okay. we're still going gonna to rock with him and all and all his background singers. Yeah. Where are He's- my background singers? We're going to rock with all of them. Yeah. And yeah, I love Kirk Franklin. He's my GOAT. <clears throat> He um, sang lead on uh, Joy at one point, didn't he? With Georgia Masquire? That's not him? You know, I don't, it, it, you know, he's in there at the end. <clears throat> mm. He jumps in there. Late in the midnight hour. That's not him? Well, that's not quite him yeah. on that part. Mm. But I know I know, what you, I know what part you're talking about. Mm. Kurt Franklin is one of the um, the artists that I wanted to sing. I used to want to be a professional background singer. Mm. And Kurt Franklin, I was like, yo, I got to sing background with Kurt. It never happened. I ended up being a mm. solo artist. But it was Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond. And then when Ty Tribbett came out. Mm. He was game changer. I wore bow ties to, to school. <laughs> I was manifesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not knowing that mm. they was all like friends, GA and all them. But I'm still a Ty Tribbett, GA and Soundcheck stand to this day. Yeah. Tribute, uh, tribute, man. I, I, I always wanted John Peake to shout my name out on the song. Like Brian, I see you. That was like mine. <laughs> I want that at that yeah. my life. If you, if your city or your name gets shout out by John Peake, you're special. Yeah, I love yeah. John. Uh, Favorite John Peake song? Um, Mighty God. Like, uh, show up. Can't show up. Yeah. I love that. You couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, you could never ever bring me down. Couldn't do it then. Couldn't. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sticking around for this longer than usual episode of the Jigsaw Podcast. But it's okay. You know, the more. There's more to love, right? Uh, so this is the segment we get to where we talk about pockets of joy, which means we talk about things that we're going to do to intentionally bring us joy, either currently doing or planning on doing as a regiment. So Josh, what are you doing that's going to bring you uh, joy? I know we talked about it earlier, but I'm going to, while I'm in LA, even if I don't like get to be on the beach, I'm going to try to go to the beach. Yeah. And even if that means like working with my toes in the sand or something mm. like that, you know what I'm saying? I'm going yeah. to, I ain't going to be that close to a beach and not enjoy one. So I'm going to find some real quiet time to kind of reflect and write and work and just have self-care um, with God's artistry. Yeah. How about you, brother? Yeah. 
Uh, Pockets of Joy. This weekend. What's today's date? Uh, my birthday is this weekend, so I'm gonna, you know, not be a, a grumpy person. I'm gonna celebrate in some way. Uh, this weekend, probably take not Lauren. Told to take Brooklyn to go see um, go to see the new Spider Man movie. Mm. Uh, we just watched the so most- good. I heard so good. I heard. And we just watched at the end, though. I'll just I'll tell you that. Okay, I mean, we watched the most recent. We watched the last one, like recently, like last night or something like that. So mm-hmm. Brooklyn can got it. Get it. Um, do a lot of more movie. Brooklyn loves movies. So I'm gonna watch more movies with her. Uh, and continue to go to the gym. I've been losing weight. I love seeing that that uh that scale. You know, I think I'm down like eight pounds. So that's what's up. Mm-hmm. I got about mm-hmm. fourteen more to go that I really want to get to, and then I could probably do some more toning and whatnot so i can i want to be s- slim and then hopefully shred or whatever y'all call it yeah you know tone <laughs> but i'd rather lose the weight first and try to you know i don't want to get same weight and be all buff like, i don't want to do that i just want to be skinny no i hear you i hear you i love that i love to see and i can't wait to um to get side by side with you and work out again that's gonna be <laughs> so fun and so good all right bro did um somebody write in to us with a letter yes uh we do have a letter all right, go on over to the P.O. box, y'all. All righty. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. All right, we are here at the post office box, and Rodney Jenkins did what he always does, and that is to bring us our letter on time. But before we get into it, we want to let you know that you, too, can be featured on the Jigsaw podcast by writing in to ask the Jigsaw. That is A-S-K, the Jigsaw, at gmail.com. We'll do a few things. We're going to read your letter out loud if we like mm-hmm. it. We're going to give you a pseudonym because we respect your pronouns and your privacy. And then we're going to give you the best non-professional therapeutic advice that you can receive on Cicely Tyson's internet. So with that being said, understood and accepted, Brian, who do we have and what do they want? All right, pronouns. Mm-hmm. She, her. Uh, let's go back to the Bless Up Report and call her Sheila Johnson. Sheila Johnson. All right. Mm-hmm. Sheila Johnson writes, hey, guys, I want to say I really love the show. Thank you for the content each week. I also agree that y'all need to bring the Champagne Wives back. It was the mashup we didn't know that we needed. Oh, They're an you. amazing bunch. Great bunch. Um, So here's my letter. I let a friend borrow hundred dollars, and although yep. I was skeptical, I did it goes it down anyway. here from here. There it goes. There it goes. <laughs> little, it can be it can be a little funky hundred dollars when you ask for it back. Uh, <laughs> I mainly let them borrow it because they promised to pay it back the very next week when they got paid. I have a lot for this. I hope, I'm finished reading, it, but I have issues with this. Um, now you may be wondering why I was skeptical about lending a friend money. I was saving money for a trip, and was in between checks myself, so I did not want to dip into that. But she's my girl. So I like so so I was like I got her. Fast forward three weeks later, I have not received my money. I have followed up, and she is always responsive, saying she would give it back. Have received nothing. I'm ready to cut her. Off. I'm ready to cut her off or just whip her ass. <laughs> uh, at this point, it is not even about the money. It's about the principle. If you needed it, if you needed to have it, you should have said it. Otherwise, don't play in my face. I've been friends about seven years, so this really blows me. What should I do? Should I cut my losses and her, or should I attempt to have a conversation, or do I forgive and just move on? I have a strong feeling about what the two, what you two are going to say, um, but I want to hear it anyway. Thanks, Sheila Johnson. Mm. You said you had something, so go ahead. Yeah. So, as a person who um, people always assume, oh, <laughs> uh, 
that I have a little something, I am oftentimes oh asked God. to, uh, you know, oh loan money. Oh my God. Um, countless times. Um, my thought process regarding loaning money <laughs> is don't say yes if you need it back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Granted, the person that you're loaning it to should be should have should have a certain level of um um what's the word I'm gonna say ethics and morals mm-hmm. and a certain principle and character character mm-hmm. right even the Bible says if you loan something pay it back that's the word I'm mm-hmm. not you know um you should have a certain Give Caesar what is due Caesar I am Caesar right um, <laughs> so you as a person if you if you if if you borrow something you should have every intention to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Right, every intention, mm-hmm. every single intention. Um, when I loan something, I'm not gonna be looking for it, but just know mentally, I'm like, got it. You know what I'm saying? To answer the question, what should you do? I, you know, if you if you really if it's about the principle of the matter, I will have the conversation. Would I loan to that person again? Hell no. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody if you loan some money to somebody and they don't pay you back, it you the fool if you loan the money again. Right. Yeah. Um, my siblings may ask for some money. And they may say, can I borrow some money, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't expect them to bring, get back to me. They have, have they given back to me? Sure. But I'm give, I'm literally in my mind saying, all right, they need this. I'm just going to give it to them. If they don't pay me back, we're all fine. Um, out of the 10 times I've loaned people money, maybe seven, maybe three of those seven, t- 10 times people pay me back. Because I'm not about to hunt you down and say, hey, mm-hmm. where's my money? I'm not about mm-hmm. to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you should you should just do it because it's right. Yeah. Right? Um, so what I have done is limited who I would be open to even mm. loaning money. Cause I would say loan, I'm, I'm, I'm air quoting because it's not really a loan in my opinion. If I'm giving it to you, I'm loaning it to you, but if I don't get it back, I'm just gonna be like, all right, chalk it up. But then that person will be removed from that list. Right. Um, yeah, I would, feel, I feel like it's, it's important to you based off the information in the, in the, in the letter. You feel some type of way about it. It's about the principle of it. Have the conversation. Don't take that L, but have that conversation and be like, hey, sis, like, you know, I loaned you $100. You know, you said you're paying back. If you don't have it, that's fine, right? If you need money, just say you need money, but don't don't say I'm going to give it back to you if you, if you feel like you can't do that, right? Um, create those boundaries, those barriers, and and kind of, you know, protect yourself in that. But you it's you got burned, they're probably not gonna get back to you, and if they do get back to you, they're probably gonna act like it's like oh, your little funky, get your little funky hundred dollars. Like if you needed it bad enough, like no, nigga, you needed it bad enough. Can you borrow it from me? Um, I don't know if I answered the question, but I'll yeah. just go back, have the conversation, create those barriers and boundaries, and realize that if you have, if you're giving money away, you're probably not gonna get it back. That's so mature. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't make it a habit to lend money. <laughs> period. Mm-hmm. And when I do, that that list is also very small. Very small. It is smaller than Jesus in a circle. Um, <laughs> but when I do do it, to Brian's point, it is with someone who I so love and so care for mm-hmm. that if they didn't give it back, I would I would probably feel away. I ain't gonna lie to you because it's just, mm. it's, it's, to your point, it is the principle. Yeah, yeah. But I would accept it. And I would even have the conversation along the way to say, don't put a time mm-hmm. limit on it. Yeah. Pay me back when you can. Yeah. But pay me back. Right. Yeah. And, and so that means like it could be 12 years later. And if it's $100, mm-hmm. I, you know, I expect it at some point. The second thing that I think, let me just, let me just 
make you accountable too. Yeah. I don't lend out money I don't have. Yeah. If it's in a savings account that's for a trip, then that's what it's for. It's not for a loan. Right. Yeah. And if that I'm wasn't... in between checks myself, like I'm not dipping into my... It's like me... That's just like Brian saying, Josh, I need a big favor. And I had to dip into my, my housing down payment to give it to him. I'm not doing that. No. Because what if like, I need to close? Him? Like, what if he can't give my money back before I close? Yeah. Now I got to explain it to my wife. There's so many things that need to have, that would have to happen, right? So, yep. like, what if something comes up and a travel agent's like, in the group trip, I'm just, just hypothetically say, we need this, and you're $100 short. Right. Like, and $100 in the grand scheme of things ain't a lot of money. No. But when it comes to like certain little pieces, a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's still a hundred dollars, right? Yes. So it ain't it ain't a lot of money, but it's not an insignificant amount of money either. I will right. say, especially for the working class and all that yeah. different kind of stuff, yeah. right? That the hundred dollar means a lot. I'll give you another example. I just booked an Airbnb, and they was like, "Josh, did you book it?" And I was like, "No," because I ain't got everybody money. And mm-hmm. I'm not booking this Airbnb for some nigga to say I'm pulling out or right. I'm gonna pay you afterwards. No, if we the lose the house, nigga. we lose the house. Yes, that's and important. It's be, and then we're gonna be at square one, trying to find another one, and Tampa didn't have that many nice places, right? Mm-hmm. So, what I'm telling you is that don't put yourself in a. First of all, you shouldn't have put yourself in a situation where this could have possibly happened, mm-hmm. because a hundred dollars, like I said, is is not an insignificant amount of money. Right. Number two, what I said, Brian is mature. Like I'm gonna have a conversation, but it's gonna go a whole lot different than where Brian just went. I'm <laughs> going to let you know the ways in which you are classless and trifling. <laughs> I really am because if we're friends, right. yeah. don't play. Like, don't tell me I'm gonna pay you back next week or tomorrow, and then I'm asking. I'm I, especially if you're following up and they're mm-hmm. constantly saying, "I got you, I got you," and they never have you. I forget this, about you. At, at right. this point, at this point, you are you playing in my face. Yeah, and you don't think I'm stupid? Give it, give it to me you don't tell it. me you go, like you know what I'm saying, and and that's where I would go off. And if that yeah. ends our friendship, because that's what I'm pissed off about now, is that you playing in my face. Yeah, you you dodge and stuff. And I'm pretty sure y'all friends on social. I'm pretty sure y'all ain't hung out like y'all used to hang out. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't talk like y'all used to talk. And when you do talk, is you asking for your money? So yeah. they also know that they're avoiding you. They mm-hmm. probably out in the streets doing what they need to do. Right, yep. that's stuff that irritates folks the most. You living life, you partying, you this, you that, you that. That hard dollars you spent on that hookah, you could have gave it to me. I don't, yeah. I don't care about your hookah. I don't care yeah. about them shots. If I was with you, take it. I slap every shot out your face. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm petty like that because, yeah. like, it's one thing to say I don't have it. It's one thing to kind of let it be like, you know what? Forgive the debt. But it's another thing for me to be asking you about it. I'm your yeah. friend. You yeah. see me chasing you, and you yeah. still avoiding me. Like that's yeah. what that's what I don't like. So you finna yeah. get dragged. Mm-hmm. You finna get dragged, and if I gotta lay hands on you because of that dragon, then that might just what have to me end up being. I'm sorry, maybe that's still twenty year old Josh, but Uncle Josh is gonna whoop your tail if I need to, and then, and I don't and I and I wouldn't violence ain't my number one resort, but you are gonna hear the real matters of my heart is what I'm saying. And yep. how I'm really I'm really disappointed in you because if we were friends, it mm-hmm. shouldn't even be it shouldn't even be here. No, 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 because you should have the have the if you don't have yeah. it, you don't have the conversation. Have the conversation. Yeah. Like, Listen, I'm gonna pay you back when I can. Um, to me, and it's luckily I haven't been on the side of, of asking for the ball money, but I feel like if I was on that side, I would be adamant on the, like, let me give them this money back because. I'm, and I'm giving you a plan if I can't even give it at once. Like, yeah. Hey, I, it's a hundred dollars. Like I'm still tight. I got paid, but can I give you 20 yeah. for the next two or three weeks? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Let me give you five yeah. payments or 20. Or let me give you 50 today. And then I'm gonna get, when I get paid in two more weeks, I'm gonna get another fifty. If y'all friends, I'm like, bet, bro, whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just get it to me. Like, we good. but you, but you just not communicating. Yeah, you you like dodging me. Yeah, yeah like you said, and you out hanging out. Yeah, like you trifling. 
Cause they, cause they yeah, not that, just sitting at home looking. I can guarantee that. No, and it's a hundred. It ain't like they owe you five grand. They owe you a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's different. If I owe you big money, then like I'm gonna need to pay you back in installments. But if I owe you a hundred dollars, yeah. nigga, that's fifty dollars per like, check. Twenty dollars in five checks. Like you know, either way, that can be paid quickly. Yes, that can be paid yes. relatively quickly. Um, and if, mm-hmm. and if there are it's like circumstances that makes the hundred dollars difficult, I'm saying that up front. I need to turn it out till I get paid, but I'm not being honest. I want to win. I'm going to get it back to you because it's just tight. But my plan is to pay mm-hmm. you. Like, I'm saying that up front. I'm not saying I'm going to get it to you next week because I know I know yeah. darn well I ain't getting it to you next week. I don't need me to lie to you like right. that. Right. Yeah. I agree. Anyway. I 100% agree. And Sheila, you done got me stirred up. I don't like that. I don't like, I don't, nah, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't, cause to me, that's abusing friendships and relationships. And I don't like that. I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think I got, like, you think I got money. Like, and, nah. and that's the thing that bothers me the most is like the fact you think like I'm gonna be okay. Like no, like even if I'm gonna be okay, you shouldn't have your mindset like oh he's gonna be all right. He don't need it back. Like no, yes. like and you just admitted back, you were in between checks too. They don't know you had to go into your savings to do that. Right, but you made the sacrifice as a friend, either big or small, to do that for that person. So it's to me it's like a slap in the face, spin in the face, and it's disrespectful for them to be like okay, you know, and and just not like nah, that's not cool. And it would strain it would strain the friendship though. It would strain mm-hmm. the friendship. Uh pronouns, uh she her. Okay. And it's actually an update from last week. And ooh, what was the name last week? Shirley Murdoch. I remember. It was Shirley Murdoch. As we lay. Yeah. As, as we lay. Okay, yeah. So Shirley Murdoch. All right. So Shirley Murdoch writes, Hey Josh and Brian. Hey. First, we're all <laughs> First, where do you all come up with these names? Go. I was dying laughing. Listen, the Holy Ghost. I was dying <laughs> laughing, but then immediately went to As We Lay because y'all brought up the, brought the memories from big, big Kelly Price. Kelly Price <laughs> she, used to be real big. Kelly, Kelly Price was a different Kelly Price on that album. <laughs> she, she 600 pound life, my nigga. <laughs> and she was messy. I watched, you watched the video with singing As We Lay. She was trying to be all, you know, talk and sing the song. Mm-hmm. And then she got off in that man's face. And he having to sit there with, with his wife. <laughs> with his wife. In that cafe. Like. In that juke joint. <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. messy. Uh, uh, so let me read. Uh, it says, so I talked to my friend and he admitted to, he overreacted. He still declined my help and said oh, that he this would was go. the uh the group trip situation. Okay, okay. Yeah, the okay, group okay. The nigga lost his job and yes. she offered to help and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I talked to my friend, he admitted he overreacted. He still declined my help and said that he would go. He apologized and I let him know I did not want to overreach. Everything ended with love. But catch this. Okay. He still has not paid and missed the first <laughs> payment deadline. My God. Um, I paid the deposit for him. Cringe race. Uh oh. I did not tell him, but I really want him there. And he confirmed he was coming. Hope this does not make another issue, and I also hope he sticks with his word because my money is non-refundable. Thanks again for the advice, and cheers to hoping for the best. Love y'all, Shirley. As we lay, Murdoch. My God. Well, thank you for updating us. We tell y'all to update us yeah. every now and then, and you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the conversation. You also, yeah. you also paid money. <laughs> That you. one you can't guarantee to get back, and two, right? You you kind of know how he feels about that. He he did admit that he overreacted. So this is yeah. this is what I do. You know, you access for us our advice on the second time. You are gonna have to be comfortable with losing this deposit. Yeah, 
yeah. if he ultimately decides and says, "Hey, sis, I really, you know, I I counted up the cost, and I can't go." <laughs> Count up the cost, right? And if he decides <laughs> to pay his deposit, what you depending on how y'all got it set up, let him pay it, and you just pocket his you pocket his exactly. deposit because it's already paid. Yeah. You ain't mm-hmm. never got to say it, and hopefully he don't yep. listen to this podcast, so he exactly. never got to know. <laughs> so I exactly. mean, it's kind of a it's a risk and reward situation here because if he makes a decision and says, "eh," then you've lost whatever that deposit was. But if he does decide to go, then you good. You just not be reimbursed. Yep, that's that on that. 100%. Don't say nothing to him about it. You paid it. You, you, you take the L if you, he doesn't pay for it. Like, you, like Josh said, you pocket it. If he does, like, that's nothing else can add to that. Yep, that's it. So thank you so much, Shirley. Thank you for keeping the count of uh, PG since we've just been talking about Jesus for an hour. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but we've been, uh, we've been getting a little messy and getting this greater conversation, though, because I got a few things to say. We need the revolutionary we need the Josh. Has Listen, a few things to say. <laughs> to we, we need Jesus for this next. This we don't need him. <laughs> let me talk. Let me talk. All right, puzzle pieces. This is the point of the episode where we get some things off of our chest. I said every single week. Tomorrow's not promised. Cuss them out today, Josh. There's something you need to get off of your chest. No, actually, um, no. Oh, well, yes. Affirmative action. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we talked about it in yeah. here, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna keep it light because we've been on the mic for over two hours. Yeah, and Clarence Thomas, bastard. May God rest your soul when you open your eyes in hell, mm. because I believe that's where you headed. You are a man who benefited from affirmative action. Um, affirmative action was never putting random black people in spaces that they quote unquote didn't belong. Yeah, affirmative action makes space for people of color who would not have had a chance because of their race to be in the yeah. places where they actually do belong or want to be. Agree. Okay. Yep. A lot of these black people, a lot of black people, probably all of black people mm-hmm. who have ended up, particularly let's use college for an example, who ended up at the Ivies and the Ivy adjacents and the flagship universities. If they got in because of affirmative action, they still had to reach a certain GPA. Right. They still had to have a certain SAT score, ACT mm-hmm. score. Like none of the standards were minimized for them to be there. Yep. They just took their race and um, socioeconomic status and their history into consideration when yep. making admissions decisions. On the flip side of that, you do know that every school also over admits because only about fifty percent of them are actually going to attend. Mm. So some of your spaces, you mediocre white people, were taken by people who didn't even want to go to Harvard or chose Yale or chose Princeton or chose MIT or chose Boston, right? Then you got to realize a strong majority of your spots were probably also taken by those legacy folks who do not have the grade, but they daddy, shout out George Bush, right, went to the schools or donated so much money. That it's like we not tell, they could literally be a C student. We're not telling them no. Their dad mm-hmm. gave us $100 million, right? So, legacy admissions and all this other kind of stuff has always been in place. But for some reason, and you Asian Americans believe that right now it's a win for y'all. What y'all, my consistent beef with Asian Americans and their pride of being the model minority is at the end of the day, you still ain't white. And when the rubber meets the road, you're going to be impacted and affected. In some of the same ways, yep. on, a, on a base level, in some of the same ways, I'm never going to compare your struggle to the struggles of my people. 
because I feel like what we continually go through is just on another level. Yeah. But when it comes to discrimination, you still ain't cisgendered white man. And that is one of the still only truly protected classes of people in these United States who don't have to face the same level of barriers, right, that other groups have to face. And so as you see this as a win today, it is not the win you likely think it is. And I think that the Supreme Court was very stupid in rolling that back because, again, it wasn't placing, like, for example, if you were white, middle class, and you had like a 3.0 and like a 21 ACT, you're not going to Harvard. You're not competitive enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And no black person took your spot. Yeah. You weren't competitive enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Considering the average ACT score, the average GPA. Right. Because I had I had an average ACT score. But I had a I had a I graduated with a five one because I'm taking AP courses. Right. So let's just say my my ACT was a 30 something. I yeah. earned it. I had thousands of community service hours. Right. Various organizations. My resume was Harvard through and through. Mm hmm. So affirmative action may have been the thing that got me recognized. Yeah. But it but my resume is the one that afforded me the actual admissions ticket. Yep. And that's what and here's the thing. Even with all this stuff, affirmative action benefited white women the most. Yep. Because they figured we can kill we can we can kill two birds with one stone. Let's just get a woman. Mm-hmm. Keep it white, but because because affirmative action protected minorities. It didn't yeah. benefit us the most. We got some benefits from it, sure, but it didn't benefit us the most. And here's the other thing about people telling me, well, they can just go to HBCUs. The thing about it is, though, I love my HBCUs, mm-hmm. but we don't have the infrastructure and the resources to support the influx of black students you want to send our way. Yeah. And that's the and that's the unfortunate part. So if we want to build up our HBCUs in that way, let's get to donate all our money. And here's the thing, blacks who go to PWIs, just because mm-hmm. you went to a PWI does not mean that you can't donate your coin to an HBCU. Let me yep. tell you something. You went to Georgia State, you went to Harvard, you went to whatever school. Those endowments are so large that your $1,000 check ain't going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you send it to the HBCU? Or even if you're large enough to send a million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. They're like the collective endowment, Brian, of HBCUs for all 100 and something is still less than what Harvard has alone. I believe it. So you, so your big donation to Harvard, Yale, whatever, is not going to stop them if you decided to send that to Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, Morris Brown, Fisk, Lincoln, all the schools, right? Rust, the ones that can really use it. Yeah. Alcorn, Lane, <laughs> right? The schools you would probably never heard of, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm saying two things can be true. We can, we can be mad about affirmative action. We can also say send our kids to HBCUs. I'm a big advocate for black students having an HBCU experience. Um, but if we're going to send an influx of our students there, we also got to back that up with our support yep. financially. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I ain't, in the, I, ain't in the, I ain't in the space where I can just give big dollars to Morehouse. No. Right? So I do what I can with the little money that I have. I have a Morehouse tag on my car. I know it's very little money, but they get a portion of that every year. Um, when they let, when the uh, alumni association asks me for a couple of dollars, I give them a couple of dollars. But there are people in spaces um, like Robert Smith. I think what he did for that class was great, paying off their loans. But scholarships is only one thing. A scholarship to a Morehouse, right? I'm just kidding. Can we have a family meeting? 
a scholarship to a Morehouse student means very little if the resources to educate and to house and to provide a, a, a certain level of ecosystem environment for that student is low and minimized. Mm-hmm. Right? Scholarship pays the bills for tuition. It ain't paying the bills for updated dorms and air conditioning and HVAC systems and aging things and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that Morehouse, you're getting the worst of the worst because you're not. It's, some, it's, it's, it's dated. Right. Yeah. Some stuff. I stayed, in some dorm, I stayed in some dorms. There's some people that graduated in the 70s and 80s also stayed in. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that imagine if that same level of donation was given directly to the school. Yes. Hundreds of millions of dollars given directly to Morehouse. And here's the thing. No matter what this goes to back to that black business conversation, we got to trust these administrators in these schools to do what's best for the school. Mm-hmm. Trust these board of trust. They're in place. And yeah. until they do something wild, we got to trust them to do it. So yeah. throw that $100 million that way. Throw that $20 million that way. Throw your throw those big philanthropic dollars those ways. And I'm going to say something else that might not be popular for my Morehouse and Spelman folks. We got to give it to more than Morehouse, Spelman, Howard, and FAMU, and NCAT. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many other schools. Our cousins, Clark, they get looked over a lot, right? Morehouse and Morehouse. Morris Brown is back. I, I call that all the schools in Mississippi and Tennessee lame. Mm-hmm. Um um, who did I just say? Alcorn, uh, Mississippi Valley State, Rusk. I don't know if people even know what a Rusk College is, but it is a functioning HBCU, right? Lamar mm-hmm. North College in Memphis. A lot of people don't think Memphis has one, right? Some right. of these other schools are, are are struggling financially to keep up, right? Yeah. And they and that's why they have smaller classes or student bodies because they they can't do anything more than than educate a thousand kids at a time, right? Yeah. And then sometimes what they're able to provide, they get quality education. Don't don't miss me there. These yeah. folks are getting quality educations, yeah. right? But sometimes the resources outside of the classroom, yeah, are, and even in the classroom, right? When I was at Morehouse, we still had a few chalkboards, chalkboards, wow. right? It doesn't mean I wasn't learning. It's just yeah. that the teacher didn't have the capacity to be like, you know, be touching buttons. But I learned. Right. I, I probably learned. I probably had a well-rounded education just somebody at a Harvard or whatever. They just yeah. had. A, they had to print my papers off. I couldn't look at it on the screen, right? Yeah. So my it wasn't state of the art. Right, it wasn't state of the art, but it doesn't mean that it there wasn't a way for us to learn. My point is, is that I might not have a Chick Fil A on my campus, well, my house does now, but it doesn't mean I'm not getting a quality education. But the way to enhance that experience for our students is to invest. And if we want to have a pilgrimage from PWIs to HBCUs, mm-hmm. then we got to invest in them. But that does not change the fact that are that overturning affirmative action, especially in a country that is still based and is built upon racist policies. Has racist mm. loopholes all up and through doesn't mean that we shouldn't be mad at be working to protect um, disenfranchised and marginalized groups. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm adding to that. Down to deal with politics. Joe Biden administration recently said they're going to commission a statue of Emmett Till. Uh, the Democratic Party oftentimes does a lot of uh, what's the Ooh, word? performative stuff. Performative stuff. My God, that same that same administration could have before she died could have sought hate crime charges or something like that against the lady who calls all this foolishness and calls for Emmett Till to be brutally murdered and tortured. Uh, so, is it cool that he gets a statue? Yes. But y'all could have allowed that lady, and mind you, I love grace and mercy, but y'all could allow that lady to rot and spend the least couple last few years in jail uh, for the crime that she committed against Emmett Till that allowed him to be brutally murdered, tortured, um, a boy be brutally murdered and tortured because you told a lie uh, in a convenience store. Um, so 
I'm, I'm not going to celebrate Robinette for doing something that again is performative because there we've we had multiple movies we got during Yard, not Yard, um, Mile Markers for Emmett Till, all that kind of stuff. We get it. I'm, I'm not taking or discrediting a statue of Emmett Till because we want to remember, right? But you could have done other things legislatively, not legislatively, um, legally, uh, to put that lady behind bars. Uh, you just chose not to do it. So, um, Democratic Party do better. Y'all are hella performative on so many levels. So many levels. When you have opportunities and resources to enact real change. Real change. So yeah, it could, even, and even if it was an Emmett Till and Mammy Till endowment fund, it's like all kind, like the money for the statue. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things because because legislation, you know, outside of an executive order, can be hard in this Congress. Yeah, but to commission that money to something, oh, you could have done that. Mm-hmm. You could have done that. Going back to scholarships, you know what? We're going to do an Emmett Till endowment from the Department of Education, and we're going to not just and not again. Not scholarships are necessary, but I also believe in institutional investment. Right. Yeah. So we're going we're going to send a, this endowment is for the, the, the next 10 years. We're going to send so many hundreds of millions of dollars to HBCUs only in mm-hmm. honor of Emmett Till and the education he didn't get. Yep. That moves yeah. the needle. That right. moves the needle, bro. That helps that's, not, that's not performative. That's not, that's not performative. Because when that's you invest in HBCUs, again, state of the art, enhancing quality of education, enhancing quality of experience for schools. Right. That were intended to educate black folk that uh, Emmett Till. Right. When he went to college, likely would have been forced to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to say that black folk didn't go to PWIs back then, right? But the, yeah, the likelihood of it happening, he could have yeah. went to Morehouse. He could have went to. He was in. Well, he was in Chicago. He could have came on back down to the south and went to a, a, a Mississippi Valley state to be with his yep. family. I don't know, right? But like that's the kind of stuff that moves the needle. Or even if it was a, a Mammy Teal, you know, advocacy grit. You know what I'm saying? For black women and black mothers who love children. You know what I mean? If black mothers are more than black boys right now. Yeah. Come on, there's so many things. It's like that resources move. Move the needle. Statues yeah. don't. That ugly yeah. statue of MLK and Coretta Cascade hugging with just their arms, it looks like a penis being jacked off. It is yeah. terrible. We don't I don't like, we don't care we about don't statues. Want that. I don't care. <laughs> we don't care and, about and, statues. And, and, and I'm not saying that you can't put some up to honor people, right? Because statues yeah. do mean things. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I can bet you can poll thousands and thousands of black folks and we're not gonna give two rats craps about a statue being placed anywhere, bro. If anything, no. if you want to do some statues, go statues, go through the United States and take down all the Confederate ones. Yep. If you if you if you go to Europe, there are no statues of losers in place. Hitler nope. is not put anywhere. The losers of that war are all over the place. Take yeah. them down, change the name of the streets. That's the only thing we care about with statues at this point. Yeah. You ain't got to replace them. You ain't got to do nothing else. Mostly just take them down. Yep. And if you feel like you want to replace them, don't do that for me. Do that because you want some some like city and civic art. But if you yeah. want to move the needle, you want to move the yeah. needle. When Congress ain't responding, throw money. Because yep. the resources move needles, and that's yeah. just what it is, bro. All right, what it is. Yeah. Agreed. You might not see it tomorrow, but you'll see it. You're gonna see it. You're gonna turn me up because I'm telling you, my like my sons, your daughter, like they're going to college. Yeah. Right. And and how sad would it be if I sent my sons to Morehouse? It's the same Morehouse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's the you. Yeah. My son staying in Du Bois Hall. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love my institution, and this is not a public rant against them. But I understand why these schools are in their positions because there's the lack of resources, a lack of investment in certain spaces. Yeah, and it's just and it's just that's the inequity of it all. It yeah. really is. The government isn't investing in these institutions in the same way. And then you want yeah. to talk about, then you want to do things like from the action. And then you have not only just black people, white people say, "Well, go to your HBCUs," but 
that shouldn't have to be. If I want to go to Harvard, nigga, I should go to go to Harvard. But at the same yeah. time, I choose to go to an HBCU. I should be able to go to an institution that is going to give me the same quality education again. Again, I'm not debating that. My education yep. is top tier. But yes. at the same time, I shouldn't be fighting for. I shouldn't be having a minimized experience. Yeah. Right. Because of a lack of investment, and that's what I'm speaking to. And yep. now y'all determine me. I tried to stay calm, <laughs> but I didn't get. The more you talk about it, I didn't, my, my voice got I'm over sweating now. God, get me off this mic, right? Is there anything going to go off your chest? Yeah, I started it earlier. You went and got D'Angelo's record and then backpedaled and sent me the little website. Like, that was supposed to do anything. Like, you did, you know, Brian is good for texting, be like, hey, bro, found this, saw this, blah, blah, blah. But this time, he just wants to go to social media and just show the world <laughs> his new find. I could have sent you the little funky $30. I just, just tell me, tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. I would have sent it to you. The, so but that's the thing. Saying. I don't. I gotta go see if they have another one. So just to let you know, don't they have one? They may have only had one. So um, <laughs> the, the 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 um one of the record stores I go to. I'm gonna have to drive out there to you. Called and Comeback and Vinyl to you um, and these people. The I'm, I can go. I can check to see if they have one. I can I can order it and we can reserve it. But um, so they have this this like list mm-hmm. where you can like send your information and say, well, what are you looking for? So I sent them like a series of albums that I. Have uh-huh. not been defined. Okay, and they sent me an email, basically saying like, "Oh, it's in stock. Order it now." So I ordered it real quick, and I didn't know if it was the only one that was available or not. So I just ordered it, picked it up, and then like dipped. Um, so it may be available still, hopefully. Um, but um, let's see here, it's available. Um, but that was my thing. So I do apologize for that. You know, I don't need to apologize. You know, I ain't being serious. But I was. I know that's you, your. But you, I, but you know that is my. Oh, that brown sugar is my album. Yeah, I know. Um, because I think there was only like one. Let me see. I need to get that gangster boo on vinyl too, because she's a she's a legend. And that's the that's the hard part about vinyl is like it's like sometimes it's not it's not in stock. Oh, it's in stock still. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, that's all I got. I really. I mean, I probably can rant about something. Um, but I ain't got none. How about you, bro? I'm I'm choosing to radiate black joy. Ah, so we're gonna let it glow off our skin. So with that being said, understand accepted. Oh, happy birthday to my mama. Her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. She gonna I'm gonna tell her, I'm gonna tell all the bitch. She's gonna be 58. <laughs> happy birthday to my mama. Listen. Evangelist Robin Rochelle Anderson Rogers. Mm. Um, yeah, happy birthday. Enjoy the day. You'll be getting a look, you know, cash app or something from me because I did not plan and Send you a gift. So, <laughs> cash <laughs> it shall be. Um, love you, woman. Thank you for love you, woman of God. We do <laughs> thank you for wrapping me in the plastic and turning me loose. <laughs> That's exactly what you did. You you got me out that sack out there. What is that? That little that little that little birthing sack, and you push mm-hmm. me right on out. And I am here, and I wouldn't be here without you, woman of God. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, and thank you for exposing me to Reverend James Salter. And that message of wanting to get my list will be smart in school. We joined that church because of you. We, we smart that church. Y'all get married. We, we was a member of that church. <laughs> so, so many good things happened because you was my mom. <laughs> yeah. Shout um, out to moms. Shout out to moms. Um, so, no, but for real though, with that being said, and accepted, this has been another episode of the GXR podcast. We want to thank yep. you so much. Thank you so much for joining in with us and listening to us. And thank you for allowing us to vacate. Yeah. Um, next week should be a fun week. Brian and I will be on vacation, but we ain't gonna leave you lonely. We are going to. I get so lonely. I don't know where that came from.
Have you listened to the new Pharrell Joy yet? I haven't. Oh my God, Brian. Is it good? Just it, let me just do it real quick because I actually okay. did two weeks ago. Pharrell Joy? thing seems to change. I listened to the oh, Kurt Franklin song. Uh uh. It's the Voice of Fire featuring Pharrell. It's been all over the interwebs. So that's Joy, Unspeakable, featuring Pharrell Williams and the Voices of Fire. Um, It's really good. It's been like going crazy on the IG because people are using like in their reels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's Um, good. But yeah, it's good. It's long though. It's like seven minutes Hmm. Um, because it turns like a praise break. That's when it gets like, all right, y'all doing a lot. Um, (laughs) But we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for sticking with us um, and riding through it. We promise to give you even better and greater content as we go into the rest of Q3 and Q4. Yeah. Brian? Uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you go on and like, subscribe, share, five stars, done again, all if you're going to rate us, leave a comment, let us know how great we are. Uh, if there's any ideas, thought process you have for the for the conversation, you want us to, to talk about something, let us know. Uh, we will probably do that because we do care about the puzzle pieces. We want to know what you want to listen to or have conversations surrounding. If there's a guest you want to know or we have on the show, let us know. Um, Follow Josh. I am Josh Rogers. Follow me. I am Brian Hare. Follow the Jigsaw Podcast on the social medias. We're on Thread now. So follow us on Thread. And I be Thread. I be stitching stuff together. Yeah. Do it. You know. <laughs> Needles same, and Thread. Same name. I am Josh Rogers. Yeah. It's thread. all the same. Yeah. Uh, Don't need so to. That is what it is. Talk to us. Engage with us. Engage with our social media. A uh, shout out to Josh and Chris for all the things you do. Probably got to link up at some point and do like a, a appreciation for them or something. Um, but uh, I think that's it before we head out Josh let the people know what they need to do yeah so what you can do is what you can while you can in very best ways that you can but in all you're doing please 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 don't get caught with your work undone love y'all see y'all next week peace <laughs>